This episode of Shooting the Shit with Speed Kings is brought to you by the guys and gals over at Biltwell Inc., the company that reminds you of the fact all bikes are adventure bikes if you use them to go on adventures. So go ahead and make sure to ride motorcycles and have fun. Check them out at BiltwellInc.com. What is up, everybody? Steve here from Speed Kings. I feel I can already feel this room's echoey. We're going to put up more foam, but I don't have any more foam today. But anyways, back to recording live in studio podcasting. So live for us, recorded for you. And we are here with the powerful Josh Runlet. Thanks for having me, Steve. <laughs> How are you doing, my friend? I'm really good, man. Yeah. So for people that don't know your wizardry, tell people of the world what you do. Well, so my name's Josh Runlet. I have a company called Runlet Performance and Machine. I've been working on motorcycles for 20 plus years. I've been in my own shop for a little over five now. Um, you know, I guess our motto is because slow sucks, right? And, yep. and it does. So everybody needs to go a little faster in life is the way my motto is anyways. And so we build some pretty fast motorcycles um, and we try to have as much fun while we're doing it. You know, that's kind of our goal. I, I don't necessarily think that we're the fastest people on the planet by any shape of the imagination, but I will tell you that um, we are... Well, I'd say we're in the upper percentile for sure. Definitely. I mean, you have some of the craziest bikes that I've seen. Um, I mean, every time I go to your shop, it's a, it's a, it's a high octane, um, fueled situation happening there. Environment. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's all, you know, it's very interesting going from one. I mean, like, I guess people in the Dyna FX are all that, all that's kind of world or our performance base, we'll call it. Right. But in most cases, it goes to a, you know, a, a sort of built motor with, you know, good suspension and, and things of such of that nature. But going to your shop when there's, you know, a blower on top of a turbo on top of a supercharger all stacked on one V twin, it's kind of fucking wild shit to see. We do everything. I mean, we, we've done trash turbos, we've done aero chargers, we've done pro chargers. Um, you know, we've done some nitrous stuff, you know, it, you know, and we try to make the engines to last to those components, you know, and one of my goals that for in the next year or so is I do want to try to work hard at making 200 horsepower reliable. Wow. And that's one of, one of my goals, you know, 200 horsepower usually means you're breaking parts. You're oh, doing yeah. this, you're doing that. It's more race oriented, you know, but one of my goals, I mean, we've made 140, we've made 160 reliable you know, and really the, but the reliability is always in the man's right hand. Oh yeah. You know? So, I mean, if he's out there beating the snot out of it, well, it's going to buck back at you from time to time. But at the end of the day, you know, my goal is to try to get 200 horsepower reliable. Yeah. And how would you make 200 horsepower? And I'm talking like in the, in the Southern California riding environments, like normal daily riding environments we have out here. How would you make that? a rideable situation? Well, 
<laughs> rideable situation yeah. isn't controlling 200 horsepower. Yeah, through traffic and things like that. That's well, what I always wonder. Well, so the, believe it or not, it's pretty manageable. You know, like my personal bike makes 225 and I can ride it anywhere. But, you know, that power is made up on the high side of RPM. Yep. You know, so when you're screaming off six, seven, eight thousand RPM, depending on what the engine's built to do you know, that's when you feel the power. So manageable on the bottom side, if the heads are done correctly, the camshaft profile's done correctly, the compression's done correctly. If the motor is set up to do what you're asking it to do, uh-huh. it's pretty manageable. You know, like my bike, it starts, it idles. It's not super finicky. The only time that it has been finicky for me is elevation because you are dealing with a higher compression engine. So your tune doesn't have a lot of leeway and that's something that we're working on to try to fix. Um, but that's, that's a difficult task in itself, but now to make it livable in the environment it lives in and not getting too extensive in elevation, that's what we're focusing on right now. But to future, we will work on a better fuel injection system to be able to manage that. Gotcha. You know, um, some of the self-learned systems out there work, relatively well but most of them were never designed to do what we're trying to do with them yeah definitely not and so you know i mean you take a thunderheart system works well you know it programs itself and does everything that it is asked to do especially on turbos you know turbos require dual you know dual bar map sensing and that's one of the only ignition systems or computers that'll achieve that gotcha you know but even on a even on that setup you know, it's not just like you can bolt it on and it's a miracle worker. You know, you need to get a good baseline on it, mm-hmm. kind of set your parameters, get it tuned to where the motorcycle will start to learn from that portion. Yep. You know, some guys think that, you know, you can just do a download and then it'll learn itself. Yeah. Well, some of these systems only have about a 15% variability to them. So if you're already starting way off, it's going to take you miles and miles and miles and miles in order to get that thing to self-program itself. Running like dog shit. That happens. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've, my experience with the self learning stuff is quite uh, small. You know, I had the like early, early FP3 tuner Mm -hmm. and I put cams in my bike and bike just ran like dog shit ever, you know, from that point forward. Um, until, you know, it was tuned and then it made a huge difference, obviously, and just kind of booted that thing in the trash. But it's, uh, that's my only experience with like self-learning stuff. You know, if you're trying to self-learn off of what's called a narrow band O2 sensor, it's exactly that. It's really only trying to set itself between idle and half throttle. After that, you need to have a really good base for it to operate. I'd like to say that Thunder, well, excuse me, DinoJet has one. I've never used it personally, so I can't say good, bad, or indifferent about that. Um, Thunderheart, or not Thunderheart, but Thundermax, excuse me. Um, Thundermax system does run a wideband O2 sensor. So that thing is working from idle to full throttle. Gotcha. And so I think sometimes understanding the systems that you're operating is key. Uh-huh. Um, you know, FP3 tuners, you know, you talk about those, they are fine if you're looking at the maps they have and then go buy the components that they were essentially tuned to. Exactly. 
But I'm not a huge believer in one size fits all. No. One size fits all does not work. You don't know where the map was made that's inside that, you know, inside its programming, you know. So if you go on their website and you see all these different tunes, you don't 100% know where that tune was made. And if you live in high elevation or you live here or you live there, it could drastically alter itself. So my one thing that I could always tell people, no matter what tuner you get, you want to find a guy that can at least give you some sort of data from a dyno mm-hmm. to know that your, your, you know, your fuel, your fuel ratio is correct. Yeah. You know, cause you, you know, motorcycles, what's funny about fuel injection is, is they can run so lean and you think it's fine. It's not popping. It seems to be running. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But you could be flying down the road at 18 to one on air fuel and burning shit up, Yep. you know? And then, you might get to half throttle and the thing's fat as hell. And then, you know, so it's, I highly, highly always recommend anybody that gets anything in the sense of fuel management systems to make sure that they get checked because, you know, it might not hurt you right then, but it could hurt you later and it could cost you a lot of money for that. Not, you know, for just that little bit of money you could have spent yeah. to have it checked. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I mean, why would you not want your bike to run better? Well, that's my whole thing. I'm a huge proponent on making sure things are tuned properly. You know, I mean, we can build engines all day, but if we can't make them run, then who are we? Yep. You know, and a lot of shops, you know, out there will try to, um, you know, they don't have access to a dyno or they don't, you know, they'll literally build it for the customer because the customer asked them to. And then they trust the idea that the customer will go out and get it tuned. Well, I refuse that. Yeah. Um, So we make sure that all our stuff that leaves is running to the best of its ability. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, I've had a bike tuned by you and then you just helped me recently with the uh, the FXR this last weekend. I mean, and I mean, I haven't rode the FXR, but the bike that I did have tuned by you, it runs great. I mean, we're over a year now. I mean, like a raped ape. And it starts every time. It does everything it's supposed to do. Yep. You know, the TTS tuners that, that I like to operate with, Steve Cole owns that company. The man has been doing it forever, and he's pretty much the pioneer of it. You know, um, and, and I maybe be saying that falsely. I mean, pioneer may be a stretch of, a, you know, of, a, of that word, but needless to say, he has been doing it a long, long time. Yeah. Um, he understands it better than most. And I've, you know, had privilege to be able to talk with the man in person, um, highly educated, you know, yeah. there's times when you're talking to him and you're like, holy smokes, he's talking way over my head. He, he talks over your head? Well, I get, you talk way over my head, so I can't imagine that feeling. <laughs> well, um, we're all good at what we do, Yep. you know, and I don't build tuners. Yeah, yeah. And he does. And the stuff that he goes into detail with inside of that tuner is amazing. Most, I mean, the detail is further than most any other tuner out there. Yeah. And he, he will not give you a product that isn't perfect. Now, some people, eh, they don't want to tune with it because they struggle with the tuning software, it is difficult. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have to know what you're doing. You have to understand what you're doing. And so some people steer away from it because they're looking for the easy button. Yeah, yeah. 
You know, back in the day, Power Commander had programming where you could literally do data pulls and data pulls and data pulls, and they kind of helped you along with it. Yeah. And back in the day, you know, you could tune a Power Commander pretty quick. TTS takes more time. But at the end of the day, you know, if a man is tuning your motorcycle, you know, the realistic side of it is, is he's going to be on it for you hours. Yeah. Minimum. You know, I mean, we've been on the dyno before for freaking hours after hours on some of these blower bikes and stuff, trying to get them to be manageable. You know, I mean, you know, we've had some stuff that made well over 200 horsepower with blowers and trying to get them to do everything from idle to full throttle can be very difficult because they're violent. Yeah. They make a lot of power. They come up on their acceleration insanely fast. So needless to say, um, you have to have a tuner that can achieve that yeah, and have full tunability and full range of everything you're doing. Yeah, that makes sense. Excuse me. So how did you get going into what you're doing right now? <laughs> I mean, what's your, I mean, I know you're, you, you came from what, Iowa, right? So I was born in Iowa. Transplanted from Iowa. Yeah, I was born in Iowa and then I, uh, grew up in Nebraska and then I ended up in MMI in, in the nineties. And my first dealership I ever worked at was in Columbus, Nebraska, and it was started in 1964. Oh, wow. And the old man, Doc, that owned that place, his name's Ed Oskentoski, and and the guy loved old motorcycles. I mean, he had amazing bikes. Like He had a 1904 Thor. Wow. 1903 Cleveland. Um, he had, you know, the military motorcycles. I don't even know what you call them, to be honest with you. Harley yeah. Davidson made, but they had horizontal cylinders and stuff. Yeah, yep. The man had like four of them that we'd go ride to lunch. <laughs> you know, I mean, so he was all about restoration and I was all about power. Yeah. You know, I mean. Have you always been about power? Yeah. Since a day? I mean, I can remember working on the farm and we took turbos off of, of tractors to make them run harder. Wow. So we go through the field faster, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I remember putting Banks turbo kits on a six, nine Ford pickup, you know, back in the day because the thing was a slug. Yeah. Um, you know, in high school I had a 1969, you know, Nova with a built motor. And then I built a full framed Buick Riviera with a three three eighty three stroker motor. I had in that. I had a fifty four Chevy with a four fifty four blower motor in it. And wow. those those are my cars I drove, you yeah, know. Yeah. And and um, and then I got away from some of that when uh, reality kicked in. You know, as a kid, I worked on a farm, and all my money just went into my cars, and I didn't have bills. Yeah, yeah. My bill was whatever I needed for my hot rods. Yep. You know, if I went out and broke something, I mean, that old, that old, that old Buick Riviera, or, well, excuse me, Regal, not Riviera, that old Buick Regal, um, I, I broke multiple transmissions, multiple rear ends, you know, oh, one night I got the thing off the ground and blew every body mount out of the front end of the thing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh yeah, so, a little, a little destructive if you will. Yeah. But the way I look at it, you got to break some eggs and make an omelet, you there know, you and, and so the way I look at it is, is back in the day, I used to do a lot of testing on my own stuff. Just go out and blow it up. Yeah. See what she could take. You know, I mean, you can't offer things to your customers without knowing what they're going to do. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, and, and, you know, we're one of those shops that, yeah, our cylinder heads are done in house. Our, you know, we try to do everything as much as humanly possible at home. Yep. Um, you know, we obviously buy cylinders from S and S and different companies. Yeah. You know, um, 
we uh, mainly use uh, SNS or stock components that we heavily modify. You know, I mean, we got 103 kits that make 120 horsepower all day, every day. Jesus. And run just as if they were stock. Yeah. You know, and they're phenomenal bikes. We got 113 kits that make like 140 some horsepower. What the fuck? You know, I mean, right now we're working on some M8 stuff that, you know, I want to. And you know, I'm going after that yeah. pretty heavy. I, I, I took a big step back from M8 when it first came out because I wanted to see what was going to break stock. Yeah. You know, there's no point in making your customer 100% the guinea pig. Yeah, definitely. You know, so I decided that I wanted to, you know, take a step back from M8s in the beginning. I mean, we had guys in the very beginning, do my M8, do my M8, do my M8. And I was like, yeah, you know what, man? I don't want to build you a bomb. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm glad I didn't because now we're removing counterbalancers. So they spin up harder. Uh, we're using dark horse crankshafts, you know, John from dark horse builds us amazing crankshafts that work great. We have, you know, hardly any issues, you know, I mean, every yeah. once in a blue moon, you know, you oh, can, yeah. you know, manufacturing bites you in the ass a little bit, but Definitely. that's what it is. Yeah. You know, but. So now explain to me a little bit. I saw, I was telling my buddy, Eric, that you removed the counterbalancer. Mm-hmm. And he, it was blowing his mind <laughs> and he, he wants to sit down and talk to you about, uh, you know, everything, but explain to me a little bit. So that way I can make him listen to this and hear what you have to say about that. Well, so counterbalancers are efficient and they're not efficient. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I've never taken one yet to find out what RPM it becomes, you know, a bomb. Mm-hmm. But I do know memory from, for instance, B motors, soft tail B motors, you know, they, you never took them back past 6250 or you started to get the counterbalancer out of shape, you know, in the sense that it's balancing, but the harder you spin it at some point, if it's not measured to a certain RPM base, you're going to start making shutter problems. You're going to create more issues. And then not only that, I mean, the thing is a boat anchor. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, I felt how heavy it was today. I mean, it, it had to be like 20 pounds. It, I don't know if it's quite that heavy. I need to scale that dumb thing. I've, t- I've talked about it. I don't know how many times I've yet to scale it. Uh, so I can't really even tell you what it weighs. Uh, but I can tell you that it's heavy. Yeah. And it's a boat anchor. Literally, you could hang a string to it and your boat's good. Yep, definitely. <laughs> um, and so, and then not only that, I don't like how it's gear driven. I d- hate how it runs inside of the crankshaft. You know, the, the little part of that piece that I showed you in the center, the actual weight portion of it spins in between the flywheels. Yeah. Well, I've seen some that where it blew the front of the case out because the gear spun. Gotcha. And, you know, and it's not happened with me, but I have seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that opened my eyes dramatically, you know, and so I do feel like, most of where Harley's at with it is everything's very low RPM based. Yeah. Well, you know what? Harley's supposed to shake a little bit. Yep. Yeah. And that thing just sits there and does nothing, you know, and it needs to have a little bit, but you know what? The ones that we've removed it from, it hardly changed the balance of it in that regard because we used a balanced crankshaft two piston weight. Yeah, exactly. Um, that being said, we're trying to build a motor to do what we want it to do. Um, we are still going into head work on the M8s gingerly. Yeah. Um, you know, but we're, well, I've got quite a few different valve sizes we're playing with, but it, it's pretty amazing how much airflow you can gain in one millimeter. 
That is crazy. You know, two millimeters, three millimeters, it, it changes the game dramatically, you know? And right now I think what we're going to be fighting the most is the M8 kind of brought us back to our Evo days in the sense of single camshafts. Yep. So we run into a lot of problems with uh, pushrod geometry. So you start getting into certain lifts or certain duration base, you're going to end up hitting the tube. So camshafts are, there's not a lot of them yet. I mean, there's, there's quite a few out yep. there, but it's a good handful, but none of them fully are getting where I want to go yet. Mm-hmm. And so we've, we're cutting some right now on what we've, you know, worked out. And I'm really going to start doing a lot of testing with them. I'm kind of excited about it. I want to see where it's going to go, Yeah, you know, and see what kind of power we can make. You know, I mean, there's no reason that, you know, like a 128 inch kit, we can't clear 160. You know, I mean, I don't see why we can't do that all day, every day. That's a, that's a big number. Mm, yeah, it's there, but yeah. I mean, but it's fun. Oh, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> you know, the one th- the one cool thing that the M8s have over twin cams is motor sound when it's built. Mm-hmm. That thing's raspy. It's mean. Yeah. Um, you know, in fact, what's funny is, is the first few that we've done, you know, we had to play with throttling a little bit because they were so damn jerky. Yeah. You know, I mean, it comes up on the pipe so fast, you know, and the acceleration of it is fast. I mean, you know, in in the motor building world of Harley Davidson, we were never used to seeing torque numbers that we see today in that low of RPM. Yeah. We're seeing stuff at 110, 115 at 2000 RPM. That's a lot. That's a lot. So if you're bringing on the throttle too quick, the girl's going to jump on you. It's going to buck. It's, you know, I mean, it's going to be fun. It's like riding a buck and Bronco, I guess. But at the end of the day, some of it's not a hundred percent manageable. So with tuning though, and fly by wire, you can make it manageable. You know, you could take 30% of throttle, but you're only giving it 15. Yeah. You know, you can taper it a little bit to make it smoother yep. and make the power more transitioned. And it doesn't mean that they're losing anything. We're just trying to make it so it can handle itself in the low RPM base. Yeah. I remember when I first got my M8, M8, uh, first got my M8, um, you know, just out of the box, how sensitive the throttle was, you know, and it, it was just a little things that like, you know, you'd be taken off for a ride and, you know, you take one hand off the bar to look back and you accidentally, you know, give it a little tiny little blip, you know what I mean? And you're like, Oh, and you almost fucking fall off the bike, you know, cause they fucking just grab and go. So it's uh, definitely, you know, reducing the throttle response a little bit in the beginning right there made a huge difference and it's just way more rideable in, in you know, the normal setting now. Well, and you know what? People like to hear their pipes, you know? I mean, everybody wants to blip their throttle from time to time. I mean, anybody that rides does it. Oh, I do it all the time. I yeah. do it when I'm just in my in, in the garage here. Well, yeah, just to hear just it, you know, the letter sing. Blip, blip. <laughs> we had, I, when we were leaving yesterday, my, my wife was like, you should try start the FXR real quick before we go. Like we were walking out the door and she wanted to hear it start and she wanted to hear it fire up for a little bit. So it was, uh, it was funny as shit though. Well, why shouldn't she? It's oh, her yeah. motorcycle. Exactly. She's been waiting for it. A year. Only a year. That, you know what, though? A year isn't actually that long. Some customers might beg to differ, but I, uh, no, some, you know, sometimes a piece of art takes a minute. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it wasn't, the, it's not like the bike itself. <sighs> what was that? It's not like the bike itself took a, a year of time to build. It was just finding the time in the year to build it. You know, um, we're fortunate and we're extremely busy here at the shop. So 
there's days where I couldn't, or I mean, I would sometimes I'd go months without touching it. And then I'd spend, you know, a week straight working on it every single day, you know, and then, and that's kind of when the real progression came. And to be honest, it's kind of sad. I'm kind of sad right now. I'd be, you know, like kind of coming to the end of it because it was, it was actually a really fun bike to do. And it's like, now it's coming to the end. Cause I know the next few bikes I have, you know, are like all can bus bikes and stuff. You're not doing a full wiring harness and fun shit like that, you know? And, and I mean, I guess some people don't think that's fun, but I like the wiring part, you know, even though we found a little couple little bad spots, but I think for all the wires that are on it, I think the three things we found isn't that bad. You're definitely, uh, you're, you're definitely percentage base wise. You're doing good. Yeah. <laughs> Especially working with German components. Those, that was the, that was the hard part figuring out the, inst- I mean, it's not like it's not in English, but you know, uh, maybe they're not explaining it exactly how you would in, in you know, well, and it's not like that company probably is super easy and accessible in the sense of a phone call. No. You know, it's a email. Yeah. And then you sit there and hopefully see some sort of response within 24 hours. Yep. And then inside of that 24 hours, you drive yourself nuts because you're beating your head into the wall and the idea of what did I do wrong? What is this? What is that? And exactly. You can't sleep because you're trying to figure this out. And then you fall asleep. And for me, sometimes I wake up and it's like this light bulb goes off. Oh yeah. And sometimes the bad thing about that is when the light bulb goes off, it could be two in the morning. I'm like, I gotta go back to work. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I would not, you know, with your situation like that, that's, I, I'm glad where I have the distance. I would still do it. (laughs) I would stop in my car and drive there. I am. I mean, I think it's when I'm sleeping, I'm thinking of ideas all the time and like, uh, products or or weird things. And I like, if they're good, I remember when I wake up, which is Mm -hmm. weird because I I can't remember my dreams half the time, but then you can remember these things like that, that, yeah, but it also matters to us, you know, that we're heavily involved in that. So I think that matters more to us than the dreams do. So Mm -hmm. we remember, Oh, I had this idea. I are, Oh, I know how I'm going to make this. I dreamt about it last night. Like it's going to be good. There is a sense of clarity from that. Um, and I, I don't know, as weird as it sounds, but it, there is because, you know, there's no distractions at that moment in time. Yeah. You know, there's no phone calls. There's no person standing over you. There's nothing else you're really thinking about. You're just sleeping focused on one thing. And it's something to be said for clarity of thought. Definitely. Definitely. I find, um, well, I don't know. I, I, the last few weeks I've been drinking again, but I kind of quit drinking for a while. <laughs> I'm sorry I did that to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sunday was a bad one, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I started that last Saturday. Yeah, you definitely started it for me on Saturday. And then Sunday I carried it on, went to the bar in the morning for some Bloody Marys because, you know, the bars are back open. So I've, I've really yet to go back to the bars yet. I, um, I, you know, I mean, talking about the whole COVID thing or whatever, you know, I mean, yeah, it, it's been not the greatest thing in the whole wide world for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. The motorcycle industry, as weird as it was when it first started, I ain't gonna lie, I was kind of a little excited about a calm down. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was so hectic and so busy and it was stressful and, and it kind of took the fun out of it a little bit oh, at definitely. times. And when this happened, I'm like, so we're all shutting down, huh? Well... I don't want it to go forever, obviously, but that kind of cleanup time of taking that sense of urgency away was kind of yeah. nice. Yeah. But the idea is that um, 
it actually sped up, which was kind of weird. You know I mean? The first, the first couple of weeks was everybody was kind of in a lull. And then people are like, I only can ride motorcycles and there's nothing else to do. So next thing you know, it ramped up this industry quite a bit it in, really did. in that regard. Yeah. And we got busier and busier and busier. And even today we're still just busy and trying to go as fast as we can. Yep. Same. And you know, it, it's tough, you know, I mean, you, when you're a small shop, I mean, it's just me and one other guy in my shop and, and you know, we're not a Harley dealership. You know, a lot of guys will call up and they're hoping it's going to be that type of time frame. And yeah. unfortunately it's, it's just, there ain't enough hours in the day. No, definitely not. You know, and, and it's not that you don't want to do it. It's not that you don't want to keep everybody happy or whatever, but, but at the end of the day, it's a struggle. It is. It is. Yeah, it, it is a struggle, but you know what though, you know, without struggle, you have no success. You no. have no sense of gain so you got to take the good with the bad 100 percent. yeah you know as a business owner you know and and you, business owners they're not they shouldn't even be called business owners they're just called problem solvers that's what we're here for on a daily basis you know like it's funny to the things to the or funny the things that i have to deal with on a daily between you know uh my my wife who does shipping and receiving and my my customer service guy dylan you know and the issues that they come across that that for some reason i'm the only one who has the answer and the answer for me comes like that, you know, oh, okay, well, we can do this. Okay, we can do this. You know what I mean? Let's do this. Just get it here. Go. That's, boop, 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 boop. Well, that's because you did it all in the beginning. I guess so. So it's like me, you know, I mean, I working as long as I have on what I've been doing, you know, what's cool about it is, is yeah, it's easy for you to come up with a solution because you've done it. Yeah. You've dealt with it, you know, so it makes your answer come a lot quicker. Yep. It, um... You know, I mean, I could only imagine somebody that starts a business, never done it before, never been in that industry before, bought it from somebody, and now they're dealing with those day-to-day oh, yeah. issues. And either it goes or it fails, or they find somebody they can hire that can answer those questions to help them out or yep. whatever. But but it, it, it is a challenge, you know? And, and But I don't know, it's weird. It's intoxicating, you know? I mean, one minute you're bitching about it, the next yep. minute you're all into it. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I get that too. I, you know, I, every, every once in a while, I think you get, just get burned out. Cause it's I just cycle. Well, you know, for us, I, I, you know, like we talked this weekend and you strike me the same as, as I am, as I actually, I enjoy working. I like working. I like being here. I like doing what I get to do on a daily basis, you know, cause I've also had a bunch of shitty jobs, you know, and I don't want to go back to those. So I try my best to do the best that we can as a business and, and treat everybody fairly, you know? Um, but when you like what you do, like I'm here six days a week all the time. And then I still work Sunday from my phone and, you know, doing things and, you know, stuff like that. But it's like, I'll do that over any of the jobs I've had a hundred days, you know, all the time. Every, my worst day here is better than my best day at any job I've had. I get, you know what, I, I, you know what, you're right. I get that a hundred percent, you know, for me, I never stop working. Um, I do shut, I do kind of shut down on Sundays yep. and I do not really answer phone calls. I don't answer text messages. I don't do any of that. Yeah. Um, even, even family, you know, I've had family hit me up and go, Hey, can I drop off on a Sunday? I'm like, no bikes today, dude. Yeah. No, you know my what? Only day off. My kids call Sunday daddy day. Yeah. And you know, 
excuse me. <laughs> um, so, you know, they call it daddy day and the look in their eyes on Saturday night or Sunday morning when they look at me, they're so stoked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All they want to do is go down to the shop, ride bikes, maybe build something, you know, whatever they're into, whether it's a ramp or, Hey dad, can we do this? Or, Hey dad, we can do that. Yep. Yep. And my time on that day needs to be for them. Yep. And it's funny because the only person I feel that ever gets a day off in our household sometimes is my wife for a brief moment because I take them out of the house. And she, even though she's still probably doing laundry, even though she's still working, even though she's still doing stuff, she gets to do it with no distractions. and, and, And she does seem a little calmer when we get back up there, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it cracks me up because I'll work sometimes 18 hours a day and then sat, you know, then come Sunday, I'm checking into dad time right now. <laughs> and it's so just a new job, you know, and, yep. and, but it, but it has its different rewards, right? Oh, definitely. And, uh, that's what I love about it. Yeah. yeah. You know, so yeah, my Sundays, dude, I, I, I already do it six days a week. I, I just can't give it anymore. Yeah. That's, I, I, it's funny. Cause I always get like DMS and stuff and be like, are you open today? And I'm like, I only take one day off a week. Sunday's my day. We're not open. You know, I just, I gotta have one day, you know? So it, it is nice. You know, I like to hang out with the wife. We'll smoke some, you know, meat or barbecue or, you know, like we went to laws, this, the, you know, bar down here mm-hmm. on Sunday and had some uh, Bloody Marys and we went back to the house and uh, mm-hmm. Al came over and we had some drinks with Al and, you know, hung out in the backyard. Good and, old Al. Yeah. You know, it was a great day. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I probably had a couple too many beers and didn't feel very well on Monday, but you know. That's what you're supposed to do on a Sunday, <sighs> Sunday fun days or, now I do try to do that. So we've been, so let's talk about this COVID thing again, you know, uh-huh. I mean, so this is what I like about the COVID thing. It has created a little bit of camaraderie that we've lost in the sense of, of, you know, we, we lost that personal attention or, or connection with people hanging out. Right. Yep. You know, and you'd go yep. to a bar, you'd go to a show, you'd go here, you'd go there. And then all of a sudden you're told you don't get to hang out anymore. You don't get anything. You need to only go through social media. Right. Yeah. Well, some people were still fulfilled through that, but most were not. They started to realize that they cannot get enough from just social media or texting or phone calls. They needed to hang out. They needed that laughter and whatever. And, and so I don't know, we started doing Friday night beers at the shop, Mm -hmm. you know, we're just locals and just, you know, it ain't open to everybody, you know, whatever. I can't have a hundred people in my house, but you know, I mean, just locals hanging out, having beers, you know, whatever. And sometimes, you know, we get a little dumb, whatever, Yep. but it's a great release. Oh, definitely. And we sit there and we laugh and we joke and we have a good time and we talk a little smack, you know, yep. whatever. Listen to some music. Yeah. Just like, hang like out. Like an old school little barbecue. Yeah. Like you used to do back in the day. Yep. I haven't done that in a while. And, and it's amazing. And, and it brought you back to your roots, you know, like I can remember when my parents would have their friends over, they'd get, snockered playing cards, you know, getting a little drunk, you know, whatever, having a good time. And they had that camaraderie. And as a kid, I watched that. Yep. And I'm like, Oh man, I can't wait until I'm older to do that. You know? And, and it started off that way, but now it's progressed into something totally different. And you know what? I think that we all needed that little bit of a reset button in the, in the sense that, maybe it's time to reevaluate what's more important, you know, like, do we really need to go 
this fast on this many events, packing this much stuff in constantly. All of a sudden you wake up and it's six weeks later and you don't know where it went. I don't know where this whole year went, you know? And, and so I do, I, I kind of like it a little bit, you know? And so we haven't really, even though places have opened, we've kind of gingerly walked back into it, but we're still doing Friday night beers. I mean, case in point, when all the restaurants closed, we started cooking food at lunchtime every day. We run a smoker at our shop every day. Oh yeah. Like clockwork. Like today I did three tri tips. We had salad. We had homemade macaroni. So all this stuff that we make, you know, and there's a couple other shops and friends that cruise by every day for lunch. We set up a table, you know, there's anywhere between most of the time there's like eight, I don't know, eight, nine of us, whatever, you know, and we, yeah, dude, anytime. I mean, you're always welcome. I'll bring, I'll bring at least a tri tip. Oh no, it'll already be in the smoker rolling. Oh, but you know, you know, and, and gotta gotta bring something. We do chicken breasts. Oh yeah. We do, uh, I've done pork butt. I've done, I I did ribeyes in the smoker. I've done that. I did some uh, cheeseburgers that were cheddar and bacon. I want to know. Let me tell you something. (laughs) So take hamburger, uh-huh. throw a little cheese, a little bacon, a little bit of fun in there. Oh yeah. Throw that in there and it makes love to your taste buds, buddy. Let me tell you something, <laughs> you know? And so I've done jalapeno poppers in the smoker. Oh, I've done yeah. asparagus in the smoker with mushrooms in a tin and oil and garlic oh, yeah. and all this stuff. What kind of smoker do you have? Well, I cheat. So right. anybody that's listening to this is going to probably dislike me in the sense that I'm not the realist in the sense of smoking because I don't have the time, but yeah. I do have a master built electric smoker. Oh, perfect. Um, you put a little bit of wood in it. It, it, it you know, mine doesn't even take wood. Mine just takes pellets. So see, mine puts wood in yep. it and the whole deal. And, uh, what's cool about it. I can usually start something around 10, you know, like the three tri tips I did today. I think I started around 10 o'clock and by uh, like an hour and a half, dude, that's it. Hour and a half, two hours, and I'm only doing this at 2:25, and I was bouncing off. I think I stopped at around 1:55. Oh wow! And pulled them off. I usually smoke on my my tri tips. Usually take about nine hours. Well, uh, the I, I, mean, I can fast. I can fast track it if I do that. But I do it a different. So so I did some reading, and I'll tell you if you ever want to do like a day smoke. Here's what I here's what I learned, and I don't know. You know, again, this is just me reading stupid shit. Mm-hmm. So. What I read is that the muscle fibers of meat close at 120 degrees. So what that's when you're like, that's what's going to soak up the smoke and the flavoring, right? So what I do is I'll run the tri-tip on the, you know, 150 degrees until that internal temperature reaches 120, which that's the part that takes four or five hours. You know what I mean? And then once I hit then, then I'll usually bump it like 200 to 225 and cook it to the rest of the way. And then when I'm, when it's at around 145, 150, I, I've already had the barbecue at, as high as it could go. And I take it and I pull it off and I sear it on both sides real quick and get that char on the outside. Well, that is great for I'm Sundays. One. That is great for Sundays. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when you're doing lunch, mm-hmm. you don't quite have that time. But I no. have, I have done, um, I did a pork butt, which, yeah. you know, actually, believe it or not, um, do you know where the pork butt comes from? No, but I've done one. Okay. It's actually called the Boston butt, Yeah, but it's a actual shoulder piece. Yeah, that's right. It's a pork shoulder. Yeah, It's a pork shoulder, Why actually. Why do they call it the pork butt, too? Uh, maybe because when it's cut, it looks like a butt. Maybe. I don't know. You know what? Maybe we need to Google that. But, you know, I'm not 100% maybe sure. Maybe we should do like a, um, 
an eyewitness news and really go investigate this in person? I think so. I think, I think it requires that. Um, (laughs) so needless to say, I, um, I, I did jalapeno poppers that were pork filled bacon wrapped. So now let me, I'm going to, I'm going to cook your bubble right now. (laughs) I am going to take hamburger mixed with my bacon and cheese. And I think I'm going to throw some peppers and all that into it. I'm going to lay it flat. Uh uh I'm going to put pulled pork in it. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm thinking about chicken. And then I'm going to take about 12 mozzarella sticks and lay them in there. I'm going to roll it up like a meatloaf. Yep. And then I'm going to basically sew bacon together, you know, (laughs) In a the sense of, of bacon. not yep. wave it. I'm going to yep, weave yep, it. I know what you're talking about. Yep. A weave, a weave bacon I'm going to roll that on the outer. Oh, and then man. I've been toying with the idea of wrapping it with carne asada on the outer and throwing it in the smoker. Oh, Jesus. You know, and making, I don't know. Call it the cardiac arrest. Know, smoker meatloaf. Smoker meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, but this is like, um, you know, we talked about events this weekend and we kind of touched yeah. on it in this conversation, but this and I had an idea recently and this kind of goes in line with it and kind of brings it more to light, but I know there's more people in the industry that like to one cook or eat. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had an idea of like doing like a motorcycle show, chili cook-off or motorcycle show, uh, you know, barbecue cook, a smokehouse cook-off something, you know, something where it's like, you know, you bring a bike to show and you have, this food that you're showing at the same time, it's like this dual purpose event, you know, and I, and I know it's probably been done. I'm sure I know like cooks has their chili cook off there and stuff like that. But you know, it's like, it's kind of like hand in hand. You have, you know, whether it's companies or businesses and they set up and they have this in the, and then, you know, people get to walk around and try the different foods or whatever it may be. But something in that respect, I think would be a, a, an amazing time. So that concept actually has been talked about and it was talked about last year. Um, can't tell you all about it because it's well into the works. Gotcha. Little Ferris Bueller for you. <laughs> so anyways, you know, you take, um, so this gentleman that, um, and I'm, tr- I'm going to struggle with his name for a minute because I haven't uh, said his name in a while. So it'll take me a minute, but he, he used to work for baggers magazine. Okay. He has this grand scheme of doing this, okay? okay? To the point that he, we, the last time we spoke, we talked about everybody getting a smoker and then, but he wanted to give them to, mo- you know, bike builder guys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get to modify it any way you want. Oh, wow. The and smoker then, itself? Yeah. You get to custom build this thing, do whatever you want to do with it, you know, make it rad, make it breathe fire, do whatever you want to do. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'll put yeah. some nitrous to it, whatever. Not to make the food cooks, you know, faster. I just yeah. blow some flames out of the exactly. top, you know, keep yep. the crowd happy, you yep. know. But, and then you have to cook on it. And then there was going to be this whole competition around this whole thing. Oh, how fun. And the idea was just amazing. I, yeah. I told him, I go, I'm so in. Yeah. I'm so in just. Where do I sign up? How do I do this? Yeah. You know, whatever. And then lo and behold, take Stacey Witt. 
she starts the ride what, to food. Yeah, ride to food deal, right? Yep. In which Stacy Witt is a rad, rad lady. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know if you ever got to spend much time with her. Yep. Um, yep. If she ever hears this, she'll understand this. The mango margarito, and that was something that happened uh, on a hot bike tour. Uh-huh. Pretty fun. Um, you know, the hot bike tour was an awesome experience for me personally, and I think anybody that ever went on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyways, you know, it's funny that we're talking about food because all of a sudden we have other individuals that have very like-minded thought processes inside of this. Yeah, definitely. Stacy. Yeah. And when I remember this gentleman's name, which if he hears this, he's probably going to want to punch me in the face because I'm <laughs> <laughs> having a brain fart, something awful on his name right now. But anyways, it, it, his concept was just amazing. Yeah. Like so cool. Like he wanted to get everybody to stir just to do this, like have a big cook off at the Buffalo chip or anywhere. Hell yeah. You know, and just have a big thing, you know, and, and I liked it. Like it was fresh. It was new. It was something that, you know, yeah, you have cookoffs all over the United States, Oh, definitely. you know, um, you take Aaron Franklin, you know, I mean the man, Aaron Franklin's not in the motorcycle industry that I'm aware of, but he has a, he has this uh, smokehouse, I believe in Austin, Texas, the man's won so many different, you know, uh, brisket competitions and stuff like that. And, you know, he goes around, you know, competing in food and food has been a competition. You know, you got pit masters, you got all these things, but oh, now, yeah. now we're going to incorporate it in motorcycles. Yeah, exactly. You know, cause it, we're motorcycle people. We're motorcycle people. And we need to eat too. And we love to eat. And if we're going to eat, we might as well eat good. And we might as well eat around motorcycles. Exactly. Oh, yep. you know, so now it's time to incorporate. Yep. Exactly. You know, and that's what I like about it, you know, and you talk about smokers, I'll share a funny story with you and. I, not even a funny story. It's just a, something that I've been working on forever. And anybody that's going to hear this, that's heard this story before is going to go, well, good Lord, are you not ever going to get done with this? (laughs) So a handful of years ago, I came up with a concept about doing something that was pure of heart. I, you know, at some point making money becomes old. Like it, it, it just, you know, it's not that you have a lot of it or anything like that. It just becomes, I don't know, exhausting. Yeah. It's all you think about. Oh yeah. You know, I have to make the money for this employee. I have to make yeah. money for this. I have to make money for this bill. Yeah. I have to do, 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 do. I think, I think you, the, 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 what you're talking about to some people like, you know, is different. So, you know, making money where you just have all this money in your bank. When we make money, we don't have any money in the bank still. All the money we make goes to, like Somewhere. you said, yeah, an employee, you know, taxes. Not uh, my pocket. Yeah, you know, and, and we just get by at the end of the day, no matter how well it looks like we're doing, we're just getting by. And, and you know, knock on wood, I mean, 100% unfortunate and I'm stoked that we get to do it this way, but there's definitely a, a so, you know, two different things of like making money gets boring. Like if you're just making money, you're like, ah, I hate having this hundred million in the bank. <laughs> I definitely don't have that problem, no, no. you know? But, and, but you know what? So <laughs> the point was, is that instead of focusing on making money, yep. running your business, da, 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 I wanted to do something that had no monetary value <sighs> to it whatsoever. So I came up with this idea. And right now my smokers are being built. I have two 1000 gallon propane tanks that I'm turning into smokers that I'm going to put on a 45 foot um, (laughs) flatbed. Oh, wow. I'm putting a reefer unit in the nose of it. I'm putting an awning over the top. We're building it as we speak. A reefer unit. Yeah. You know, I'm going to put a refrigerator, but a walk-in cooler on the front of this 45 foot trailer. Well, reefer, I was thinking marijuana. Well, we'll, we can smoke that too while we're smoking. You can smoke it in the fridge. There's just a ton of smoke going. There's just smoke. They wouldn't know where the smoke's coming from. Exactly. (laughs) 
Maybe that's what, you know what? Uh, maybe I'll mix a little weed inside my meatloaf. That's what I was going to, or maybe we shouldn't, you know what you should probably do is try to um, compress the weed and use that as the wood. We could do that. And then use that and smoke that through them and then we got infused. Dude, we could take a rosin press and cook that down to damn near nothing and then throw it in there for a little hint of smell. Uh-huh. You know, without totally intoxicating everybody in the THC world. Yeah. Have you seen that? They have these like THC cooking shows on the Netflix and stuff now? <laughs> I have not watched it. No. I, I, uh, <laughs> the amount of TV that I get is about maybe an hour when I lay down before my eyes close. And most of the time it's like 15 minutes. Oh yeah. No, I get lost in the TV at night. I, I, I'll I be don't. up at two in the mornings and I'm just watching stupid shows. I used to do that a long time ago just for fun, you know, but back to my smokers. Yeah. Sorry. No, not at all. This is all part of the process. It's part of the program. Oh, a hundred percent. So you got a bob and weave, bob and weave. So anyway, <laughs> so, you know, bottom line is, is that it was all about pure heart. And no monetary whatever. Yep. So I came up with this idea that I want to cook 300 turkeys for Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, so why do you need two holidays back to back to be fat assed, sitting around lying to your, you know, family, telling them how your life's better than it truly is? Yeah, yeah. You know, and anybody doesn't understand that they're, they're lying to themselves right now. Yep. So bottom line is, is that. I figure Thanksgiving should be something to be thankful for, not just because you have good family, not because you got a great, you know, whatever around you, but what about if you could give somebody something they've never had before? Yep. Anybody can do a, a crappy oven turkey that's drier than dry. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, so, but if you've never had a smoked bird, you're missing a point of life that you just, you have to go do, you have to go experience it. There's no other, there's, you have to do it. Yeah. I want to do that. I never had a smoke. Turkey. Oh, it'll change your life. Yeah. Trust me. I have a big enough cabinet. I'm going to smoke one. Uh, the first one I ever did, I didn't even really smoke it. I did it on a grill Oh yeah. and it was blipping amazing. Blipping. Yeah. Blipping amazing. I'm uh, trying to keep this somewhat PG here. You don't have to. Fuck All it. right. Well, fuck it then. Yeah. So <laughs> I was trying to make it fucking amazing. Right. <laughs> and so, so anyways, um, and, and the, my first actual experience with a smoke bird was, is, uh, so my mother passed away when I was eight years old. And so my father raised us. Okay. And I can remember when I was in high school, as a freshman in high school, I was like uh, 14, I suppose. And we're going to the, and I grew up in Callaway, Nebraska, which was 560 people. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. You only had a few things to do, race cars, drink beer, and chase farmers' daughters. That was about yep, it. Right, exactly. And you had to mix the order up to keep it spicy for you. <laughs> to keep it spicy. <laughs> yeah, a little spicy. <laughs> so, you know, so, anyways, <laughs> yeah. so anyways, so we used to go to this little town that was like 21, I want to say 18, 20 miles away. It's called Oconto, and it, had, it, it was smaller than Callaway, for God's sake. I mean, it was tiny. You blipped, you missed it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you sneezed, you missed it. Okay. So, I like how you went to a smaller town to get your kicks. Well, that, this is funny. So we go over there and they had this little bar and this old man would put up his smoker and smoke turkeys all night long. Wow. And you'd go in there and he'd be half shit faced and just doing shots. And here's your bird. Well, so me and my sister and my dad had an F. F-150 Ford, like a 1986 Ford pickup, okay? Yep. Single cab, just us three in there. I'm holding the turkey, and this thing smells so good. <laughs> 
so good. <laughs> and so needless to say, we started salivating. Oh, I bet. And next thing you know, the tinfoil came off. Oopsie. And then all of a sudden, by the time we got home, there wasn't much of a bird left. <laughs> so then we had to make a phone call and see if he had a spare one. And then we had to go back and get another one. That's why you do not go to the grocery store hungry. Right? Exactly. This episode of Shooting the Shit with Speed Kings is brought to you by our friends at SNS Cycle. At SNS Cycle, proven performance is not some sort of empty slogan or marketing catchphrase, but a way of thinking, a mantra, and something we've practiced every day of every week for over six decades. That is designed manufactured, and tested in the heartland of America. Whether it's on the road or off the beaten path, SNS Cycle is the first choice in power sports performance. And we're back. Dun, dun, dun. Took a little uh, pee break there. And, uh, whoopsie. Dang. So, you know, now that we know that Josh is going to be having all sorts of uh, smoked turkey soon, we'll be over there when that happens. But, um, you know, to go forward with events, yep. you know, we kind of touched on base over the weekend when we were discussing some different ideas. And uh, one that I keep thinking about is this uh, tour idea. Yep. Um, I think we should do it. I, you know, from my experience of doing the hot bike tour when – you know, Hot Bike Magazine was going full force and Bagger Magazine was going full force and all that. You know, that concept, you know, I'm not really for sure if it was Jeff Holt at the time or whose concept it was at the magazine, but I can tell you that the experience I had on the first one was intoxicating. Yeah. You know, uh, the first one I ever did, um, well, the, actually the first one I was supposed to do, I didn't make it to. Uh, the second one that uh, I actually got to go be a part of, we had to drive all the way to North uh, North Carolina, Asheville, North Carolina is where it started. And then we moved into Tennessee and it was fun, like a lot of fun. And the roads out there and, and the experience you get from going and doing these tours, that's probably the biggest part of what the draw was is that you're going to parts of the United States that most people take for granted. Yeah. And I mean, you hear about it here and there, but until you go and experience it, you have to put it on a bucket list. I mean, like the Blue Ridge Parkway, um, the, um, uh, the, the tail of the dragon, um, all those areas, so much fun. You know, yeah. we got to go to this little town called Maggie Valley, you know, um, I have amazing, amazing motorcycle museum there. It was just off the hook. Yeah. You know, um, I didn't get to spend as much time in there as I probably would have liked to have, you know, just cause we were busy and there was somewhat of a schedule to all of this, obviously. So there, you know, we had to be certain areas at certain times and so on and so forth. You know, and then, you know, we we're hanging out with dump trucks, Stacy Witt. Yep. You know, they're all putting content together. They're, you know, doing their thing. You know, uh, dump truck was the mic guy for the thing, you know, and he's amazing to hang out with oh, in yeah. itself. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's a party just hanging out with him half the time. Yeah, oh, yeah. Don't even get me started. Oh, I love that guy. <laughs> yeah. I spent a lot of time with dump truck and you know what? The guy is rad, you know? hundred percent. Yeah. He's a lot of fun to hang out with. Yeah. Yeah. He's crazy. He's oh, crazy. Yeah. Well, he just, Crazy. he just has this 
conversation ability that's over the top. Oh, he definitely does. Definitely you know? does. And so anyways, so yeah. So, you know, talking about the tour type things, um, I think that, you know, creating an environment for a motorcycle that's built that has a sense of it has to ride, it has to perform, it has to do everything that you're promoting it to do. Yeah, that it's supposed to do. Exactly. I think that that makes it more fun. Yeah. You know, the second year, the second year was really epic also because um, we turned around and we went back to Tennessee again, but a little different route. And that time we unloaded motorcycles in um, Oklahoma City. And then I had a friend of mine, uh, Jeff, that went with me. Mm-hmm. And he drove my truck and trailer while we rode. Perfect. And it was amazing. Um, poor Mike from CMP had to ride in the truck with him because his bike wasn't there on time. Uh. He was waiting on somebody else to get the bike there. And, it, you know, their schedule didn't quite, you know, connect or whatever. But Needless to say, um, you know, so you, you hop on your motorcycle with your buddies and I turned it into a cannonball run personally, you know, cause I like going fast, you know, like really, I didn't know that. I know. Right. <laughs> and so one of my goals for that particular deal was I don't want to go under a hundred miles an hour. Like that's my goal. Yeah. So we get on the freeway and zoosh, I'm going Bye. And if you want to ride with me, ride with me. If you don't, then ride your ride and do what yeah. you want to do. We'll you know, all be there at the end. We'll all be together at the end. Da 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 da. You know. So let's not. You know. So I think that's okay. You know. I mean, if you don't have to always be together while you're getting to your destination, as much as you know what, do what you want to do and yeah. have some fun. You know. And and most of us guys that do this for a living never get to do that. Yep. You know, and so, you know, we've experienced cool, uh, you know, cool events, you know, Let, let's take the industry ride, for instance. Yeah, that was fun. Everybody got to ride, got to hang out with someplace, had some supper together, camaraderie, drinking yep. some beers, da, 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 da. And, and it was amazing. Yep, that's and, what we met. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. And, um, you know, doing those events, I think you know, does a few things for everybody. It creates, it it creates camaraderie. It also teaches a builder maybe what he needs to do next time to be better at his craft, because now you're not just building them and sending them out with your customer. You're riding them. Yeah. So I feel that it gives you a sense of quality to put back into your customer base even better because now you're experiencing what they're experiencing and it gives you a, a, I think a better sense of clarity of what you're doing, Yeah, you know? So now you're making your motorcycles better for the people that are riding them to enjoy them. Yeah. So that's the whole thought process for me. No, it makes sense. And, you know, they even had this cool thing during the hot bike tour where they had created this thing called the long riders program, where they had people that basically checked into their website and said, we're doing this. We're going on the event. Da, 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 da. They had already supplied them with hotel lists. They supplied them with the route and the whole nine yards. And even, even the guys that were running the magazine had conversations with these people, you know, and, and talked to them about what we were doing, why we were doing it and so on and so forth. And they loved it. Yeah. Hell yeah. And for like two or three years in a row, I saw the same people 
long rider base that came from all over the different parts of the United States. You know, I mean, um, you, I think it's, uh, Ken and Lisa, they live in Oklahoma. They're doing that, uh, rad flags, I believe. Okay. Okay. Yep. You know, so they have the safety flag thing, you know, they started that. Well, when I first met them, believe it or not, she, Lisa walks up to me, I'm in Maggie Valley and she goes, I need your shirt signed. I need you to, you know, the shirt that I'm buying, I want you to sign it. Oh, wow. And I told her it was worth less at that point. (laughs) Definitely. You know, uh, that you have a bunch of ink on something you cannot wash out now. (laughs) (laughs) But she said that, well, every builder I ever meet, I want this. Okay. You know, it's her thing, you know, whatever. And and it was pretty inspiring. Oh, definitely. And and what's funny about that is, is some of the events that we've done and when we got pretty heavy into doing events, we got heavy into going to shows. We got heavy into the hot bike tour to the point that it was kind of weird at times. I would every once in a while get somebody to walk up and ask me for an autograph. And I was so like, weird. are you kidding me? Yeah. Like I've, I'm, I don't have like a heavy TV presence. I don't, it, it, it tripped me out. And, and, Either A, they saw something in me that I didn't. Yeah, right. Or they mistake you for cotton from King of the Hill. Possible. It could be both. But I do have knees. You do. You know, so I can, I, I don't have to, you know, walk you like no that. Waddling. Yeah, no, I don't have to just like move my whole leg and hip to move, you know, like I can bend my knees. So, but I am about as short as that man, you know, borderline midget base. So that's what I do. It's funny. Whenever I'm around midgets, they talk to me because I'm as close to them in height base, you know? Because <laughs> they get to look down on you? No, not at all. I mean, well, maybe. They kind of look up slightly, but then when they get on a stool, they're looking down at me, yeah. you know? And we're only talking maybe a foot stool, okay? You know? It's not like they're stepping on an eight-foot ladder, okay? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, that's the way it works. And so, anyways, if you can't level yourself, then what are you doing, right? Right, exactly. So bottom line is, is that, yes, do I think that purpose-built um, tours, yeah. I think they have more gravity than what people give them credit for. Yeah. Um, you know, the the people's choice part of it is kind of whatever. You know, unfortunately, you know, when you do on these tours, if somebody is from that area, 90% of the time they get more votes or whatever. And oh, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't mean that their bike isn't good. No. But it doesn't mean that it's the best one there either. Uh, yeah. I, I, can, I mean, I could see that for sure. But at the end of the day, though, for me, it wasn't about winning the event or having the most popular whatever. It wasn't about getting the ring they gave out. Yeah. It was the experience yeah. and, and, and it, As it should be. Yeah. And not only that, we all have a story, right? Yep. And it's the story that we live. It's the events that we're willing to go do. It's the process that we're willing to go upon. Right. Yeah. And so for me, I love those stories because I think to myself sometimes when I'm talking to individuals, they didn't even remotely get to have the same feeling. Yep. You know, they were, they did their normal job nine to five, you know, their job drives them and takes all their time. They don't have those opportunities sometimes in their life to go do it. So sometimes those people live vicariously through you. Oh, big time. And, and I've done it myself. Oh yeah, for sure. I still do it today. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, we all do it to a certain degree. So I think sometimes it's rad that, you know, 
people might somewhat live their life vicariously through you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they might look at you and go, man, that guy gets to do all these cool things. And I don't. Yeah. And so there's involves the story, right? Right. And so, yes, I think that doing events, you know, like your normal events are your normal events. We all go and do them. We show up, we vend, we hang out, we talk to people, we do whatever. We try to create more business for ourselves, you know, whatever. And, but those riding events are way more fun because we get to ride, you know, like when you go to these shows, dude, you show up, you set up your booth, you work your ass off. You're there sometimes 12, 14 hours in your booth In your booth feet hurt, your back hurt. And some of these shows keep you there until friggin' midnight. Oh yeah. Now the one thing that I do have to say about four corners that I love about four corners which we're all talking about John now. Oh yeah. John. Yeah, I know Mr. John. John. So the thing about that show that I employ on, you know, this love about it, mm-hmm. we're all done by six, eight o'clock and we get to go and hang out yeah, at the circle stuff. track show. Yeah. And do we stuff, do a few things before everyone else is already pissed drunk. Yep. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Like at Laughlin, they're they're telling you to stay, you know, in your booth till midnight. By the time you're done and you're walking out, everybody's loaded out of their gourd. I just want to go get food and go to sleep. And you go out. Because at that point, you haven't really eaten anything. Well, but I have to defuse. So I go out and hang out a little bit, drink Uh, a few beers and hang out. Next thing I know, it's friggin' three in the morning. Yeah. You know, and then you got to be back in your booth by noon. Oh, big time. You know, so you go and you get a little bit of sleep Barely. and you do it all over again. Oh yeah. It's rough. It is rough. And, and I, you know, I feel that, um, you know, the, the writer shows, well, it gets you to experience what everyone else is getting to experience. Yeah, so you have a little more conversation with them while you're talking to you're them. You're part of the event now. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, last year at four corners, see, um, that was my first time going. I didn't go the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, I set up a booth at the dealership Just like with me. a bike yep. and business cards and mm-hmm. I left. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was just riding all day. And then my, I had a, a booth at the, uh, at our stunt show in mm-hmm. uh, at the, uh, at, um, the sky you casino. Yeah. And the girls there were selling the shirts for me Yeah, and they handled it and I just got to ride around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was helping. I set I set up that show in the middle of town Friday night. Yeah. And almost died, but I, I set that show up, put all the bikes on the stands and everything. Yeah. And then, you know, I put them up and they weren't in the right stands because I didn't like it anymore. So I had to pull them back down and move them around, you know, stupid shit that I do. But, um, you know, I tried to help as much as I can, but it was nice to do a show where I wasn't just stuck in my booth for, you know, three, four days or whatever we were up there for. Um, it was a cool experience. It was nice well, to ride my motorcycle. When you go down, when you have a town that is that open to wanting us there, it makes it even better. Hundred percent. You know, I mean, Durango is seems to have their arms well open to what yep. we're doing, and maybe that's just John and his negotiations with them are indifferent, but but they all were pretty inviting. Yeah, definitely. You know, and we had a great time. You know, all the bar owners that we ever talked to were just so thankful we were even there. Yep. You know, and then the atmosphere that you guys created for that first night, you know, where all the bikes are and yep. just the way the lighting was and You're the welcome. bands hey, and, hey, and you know, it, it, it was bitching. 
Well, it had a mystique to it, dude. It it had an environment to it that you don't get just everywhere. No, it was chill. It was nice. It was relaxing. You could talk to anybody. Like it was, it's a totally different environment going out there comparing to be like in Southern California with, if your socks aren't tall enough, I won't talk to you, you know, like certain things about Southern California that have that, uh, you know, just stigma to it, you know? Well, John and I have had multiple conversations over time about shows in California. And the one thing that he will always tell you, people in California take so many things for granted in the sense of shows. Definitely. If you take, let's just take a concert, any concert, you know, let's say system of a down. Okay. Okay. It plays out here. People get excited. Yep. You go to Durango and have the same show. People lose their effing mind. Yeah. Because they are so excited and you feel that energy in the crowd. You feel that energy, even from the ticket guy. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. You know, they're not just so uh, another weekend, another show. Another show. Yep. Yep. I mean, California is full of events Yep. and we take that for granted. I mean, and I understand that maybe a little bit more than others because I come from the Midwest. Yeah, that's true. So I understand what it's like when something big shows up because you normally have your day to day routine weekend after weekend, you go to the same bullshit bar, you have the same drinks, you hang out the same friends, you do the same bullshit. And then all of a sudden something new shows up. Yeah. So the bars are empty now because it's flooded. Everybody's gone. Oh yeah. Everybody's gone. Oh yeah. You'll have a packed house sold out. Da 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 da. Here, you know, you might have it sold out. You might not because, well, maybe motocross is going on that weekend. Yeah, yeah. Maybe this is going on. Maybe that's going on. 15 other things are going on. 100%. Yeah. And so we as Californians, and I call myself Californian now because I've lived here for over 10 years. Um, But I can't 100% say it because I don't have as many roots as the rest of you guys. But needless to say, I see it. Oh yeah. And, it makes a hundred percent sense. Yeah. And so it is awesome to go to Durango because well, they're just like every other Midwestern town. Yeah. They don't get that many shows there. So when, you know, even I remember, uh, Barbie, this gal that worked at a bar, um, right there. Uh, what was the name of the bar at the, at the, uh, rusty shovel. Yeah. Yep. 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 And she was a bartender there. Yep. I remember I met her. Yep. Really rad lady. Yep. And she was so excited that everybody was there, you know, because it was new, it was fresh. It was a new conversation, new choice of words, how lingo went, you know, the whole conversation pace, everything, you know, I mean, when it is so funny, when you leave California, you go to another state, people are so cling to listening to what you have to say. Yeah. It's weird. It's very weird. You kind of start lose, lose footing on your words because you don't know what you're actually Mm -hmm. saying. Somebody's actually listening to you. Compared to normally, they're just staring at you going, uh, dumbass. At least well, that's my experience. Well, and it's just how you throw your words together. It's how you do this. It's how you do that. Da, 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 da. Yeah. You know, and the the smack that we throw around, whatever. But needless to say, yeah, I, I, I really do like that show. That show has so much capability. Oh, it does. And, and John, I feel, has only scratched the surface on it. Big time. So I'm super pumped to see what the future brings inside of that. Yeah, no, I'm, that's, you know, by far my most favorite show I've ever done. Uh, well, and, and you know what, it's also probably one of the shows that John has had a hundred percent free reign on his decisions and yep. how it went. You know, you could only imagine what other shows went on where he had to make sacrifices and what he wanted to see happen yeah, in yeah. his vision. 
because of whether whatever other entity came inside of it. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it this year. I hope it happens. I'm still a little on the fence about every event this year. Um, it seems kind of weird. I think, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of weird shit happening in this world right now. And, uh, especially in the States right now. Well, I don't even know. I, I think a lot of shows that people are trying to do are kind of a dead stick in the sense that, um, sponsors, they're going to probably struggle to really put money out on the hope and a prayer right now. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, so that kind of really slows it down. And then these areas, you know, let's talk about Sturgis, for instance. I mean, Sturgis has a very, very tough decision to make right now. Yeah. You're talking about bringing people from all over the country. Yep. Possible world. Possible world. And bringing them into a small area. Yep. Okay. You know, and they have to really think about this for a second. They don't have, okay, COVID, for instance. Yep. Let's say that it's been very, very minor there. And then let's say that people show up there that don't even know they have it. Yeah. And it spreads like wildfire. And what if that show kills a handful of people? Yeah. That is the serious, serious question they have to ask yeah. themselves. It's a responsibility at that point. 100%. So I, I'm not going to say that I'm going to be shocked that Sturgis happens, but I will be shocked on how big it is yeah. in normal time. You know, I, I, they're really playing that avenue right now, you know, and, and they're, and unfortunately their revenue relies on that. No, oh, yeah. I, I, you know, we see a lot of money from shows for us, you know, we set up a booth, we bring out all the product, you know, yeah. so we see a good amount of money from the shows that, yeah. that definitely helps us. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm in a weird space mentally as far as shows go this year. I'm kind of happy there is none right Me now. Too. Me too. I, I'm just focusing on building some bikes and, and I want to come out of, you know, I'll call it the, I'm calling it the COVID builds. I want to come out of these, you know, COVID shit with some, some really badass builds. And, yeah. and, I, and that's what I want to focus on. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I mean, because I've already adapted, you know, I was already gung ho on the shows, you know, like born free. We were doing some, a big ass setup, you know, like we have multiple booths, you know, and multiple sections, you know, like the whole nine yards, you know, I'm making special platforms for all the bikes, blah, 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 blah. You know, so I'm going, you know, trying to bring the kitchen sink, you know, but at this point it's like, my mind has already changed. Like I'm already not even going to do Dyna days this year, which I love to do that. But it's like, I don't want to put down the deposits on the, on this and that and the other thing. And then, Oh, I'm fucked. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, you know what? We're going to do three next year, you know, yeah. and just skip this year. Fuck it. You yeah. know? And, 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 and it's unfortunate and it's probably going to be like, Oh fuck, that sucks for people that are looking forward to it. But at the same time, it's just one of those things that we got to do, you know? This podcast is brought to you by Bare Knuckle Performance. Bare Knuckle Performance is proud to announce the release of their patent-pending modular riser system. Utilizing a unique dovetail feature, their new flex risers allowed the user the choice between straight or pullback configuration, as well as innumerable choices of riser height and pullback dimensions. Height options between 4-inch and 13-inch will be available. Other options include various pullback measurements, 1-inch or 1-1-8-inch bar diameter, one-piece or two-piece bar clamps, ram mount ball inclusion, and mounting kits for dual-gauge pods. All risers come with beautiful black anodized ARP fasteners. These are live on their site right now. Price is starting at 600 bucks. Right now, save 50 bucks and get free shipping. For more info, hit the site, bareknuckleperformance.com. Right. 
And we're back. So what I think it, you know, I know that you're talking about not doing Dyna Days, right? Yep. You know what? I say you still do something without having the full Dyna Days. Uh, I'm gonna do something like that. I say let's do a ride. Yeah, that's why I want to. That's kind of why I brought up the idea with you that we kind of discussed this yeah. weekend. Yeah. And I think I talked with my wife about it too. Um, oops, I forgot to put that right here. Yeah, totally. You know, I killed that one. Damn. <laughs> Um, I want to do something fun, you know, but even if it's just uh industry only like kind of like an industry ride we did or, but you know, maybe more, I want to do something. Um, I haven't figured out what yet. I have an idea. Okay. Let's hear it. All right. So I think that we should really, really look at businesses, even outside the motorcycle industry, you know, people that truly, truly maybe could use some help. Right. I what, like that. You know, so let's say that we do a ride. Okay. Yeah. People are already going to pay, you know, 20 bucks or whatever it is to get in the show, right? Yep. So what if we do a ride where they do the same stuff and we donate all that money towards helping businesses, just helping humans? Yep. You know, let's, you know, let's look at it that way, you know, so we could do something that is beyond ourselves. Yep. Um, because you know what? The motorcycle industry wasn't really affected that hard at all throughout us. I mean, I mean, you know, motorcycle sales in fact have increased. Yeah. Uh, part sales have increased. Uh, motorcycle shops are, have increased. I mean, all of it is increased. Yeah. Uh, that's not fair to other businesses. Like, um, you know, let's take, let's talk about clay for a second. You know I mean? He's a barber. Yep. Uh, guy's been out of work for how long? Yeah. And there's multiple individuals like that, tattoo artists. Oh, 100%. Um, multiple guys, you know, like paint shops haven't been that affected by it. Uh, motorcycle shops haven't really been affected by it. But we could look at what truly, truly has been. And we as motorcyclists use these people on a daily. Definitely. So they're affected, we're affected. Yep. So if they can't come back, we need to help them. Yeah. So what I say is, is that let's look at that side of it, find some way to help them, whether we, I don't know exactly how to do it a hundred percent yet. I'm just saying we need to do something. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of already got an idea and I think, uh, we can map some things out and, um, you know, and that's so, so a few years ago I was um, lucky enough to go to Hawaii. Yep. Um, my wife's dad had a house there. Um, and that was my first time going to mm -hmm. Hawaii. And the second day we were there, we ran to Harley and I wanted to ride. He would, it was at Hawaii Islands, so which is the biggest Island out of yeah. all the islands. Right. Yeah. And I said, I want to ride around the whole Island. So me and my wife, we, we rented a Harley and we took an hour. No, it was actually all day. <laughs> I'm messing around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, that, that Island's crazy. It goes from sea level to 4,000 uh, feet elevate. You know, I've been on. there once too. Yeah. It was really neat. But, uh, but on that day, my goal was to only visit, um, you know, like island owned facilities. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not going to fucking Red Robin for lunch. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. so we only visited everything we did, you know. Um, it was a local event. Yeah. I mean, minus gas, you can only do so much there. But, you know, uh, coffee, go to the local tiny coffee shop. We're not going to fucking Starbucks. You know, we're going, you know, lunch, you know, and I've gone to that place twice now because I've been there twice now. Mm -hmm. And there's, um, I don't know that the restaurant's name, I'd have to look it up, but it is the farthest southern restaurant in the united states because it hangs on the you know southern point of the yeah, island yeah and uh you know it looks like a house yeah for one you know you wouldn't even really know it's a restaurant it looks yeah, like a yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. but man that's where i have gone there i went back uh last year and uh their moco loco there 
It's oh, the business. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's the business, man. <laughs> but uh, you know, but it was. It, it's one of the things. Like you know, you don't really think about people. You don't think about that. And not that I think about it. You don't think about that in the United States. Yeah. You know, we go to the we go to this island, which is part of the United States, and mm-hmm. that's where I thought about it. And then when I came back, I didn't think about it again for again, really, to be truthful. Yeah. Until right this now, we're having this conversation. So. In doing so, I mean, I'm sure we could do even a tour style event where we're visiting, we're not staying at fucking Motel 8, you know, let's try to find, you know, like it's going to, like going to Kern. You know, you have these small little um, spots in Kern, these little hotels that are, you know, clearly owned by small businesses. You know what I mean? Like they're small business hotels or like cottages, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, staying there is totally different than staying at the fucking Super 8. Oh, 100%. You know? No, 100%. So, you know, I mean, we could do a tour of different restaurants, you know, um, we could do, there, there's so many different things that we could do yep. that I feel that we should do. No, I'm a hundred percent in with it. And, and so, you know, coming up with that right idea, will take a minute, you know, but bottom line is when it feels right, it'll feel right. Oh yeah. And so, yeah, I think that even if it's not even raising money, maybe we're raising money by going and supporting them. Yep. You know, um, you know, however it is. And you know what? Maybe we could turn it into still somewhat of a show. Find some cool local bands. Yep. Want to make a little extra money, you know, whatever. And then we could turn around and maybe have some camp out somewhere in Joshua Tree or yeah. Kern or yeah. Lake Elsinore or Paris Lake or just fucking somewhere. Just somewhere, but yet stay local enough that makes it relevant to our business, to theirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and so, yeah, I would say that, you know, maybe Kern's a little too far out there personally yeah, yeah. to make that supportive. But, you know, we could still have a rad time without all the glips and the oh, glamour yeah, sure. and the stunt shows and in, and all the stress of putting the show on for that yep, matter yep, yep. and aligning everyone as much as, you know what, maybe we just put it out there and say, Hey, who wants to sign up? Yeah. I'll sign up. You know, you'll sign up. That's and two. next thing you know, we're going to have at least two people there done <laughs> and we'll be the raddest fucks there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll get on my karaoke shit, oh, man, and I'll man. get that fucking place popping. If you all ain't heard Josh karaoke, you are missing it. Uh, what? <laughs> no, you know what? So John, talking about karaoke, and I'm only going to blip on this for a second. It was, uh, so John hit me up asking me to do a runlet performance and machine <laughs> karaoke event. Oh, and I'm like, what? I'm yeah. like, seriously, dude. He goes, yes, you're, yes. I've seen, I saw what you did at the industry ride. Oh, and see, I'm I wasn't there. And I, wasn't, I, wasn't the, I had already got so drunk at the industry ride. I think I was gone already. Well, so funny story at the industry ride, we're there in Big Bear. Uh-huh. We end up in, I don't even remember the name of the bar to be honest with you. Okay, so yeah, I was gone by that point. So, but it, it was off the beaten path kind of in, in very small, very tight knit, but everybody was in there. Was it the two story one? Were you upstairs? No, okay. no, it was single story, like, the bathroom was always so packed. I was pissing in the alley all the time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, it's just what you did. And so anyways, we're up there, we're partying. And I remember Heath Pinter walking up to me and he goes, I'm out of here. I can't get a beer, blah, 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 blah. And I go, I got you. Yeah. Because I've already made friends with the bartender. It's what I do. Yeah. Yep, you yep. know, you got to take care of the people, take care of you. So oh, for sure. needless to say, I come back to maybe a minute later and I go, here's your beer, dude. He goes, how did you get that? And I go, well, I told you. So I go, why don't you hang out, man? I'm getting ready to sing. 
I will make this place turn around. I promise you. And he goes, seriously, I've been watching nothing but shit shows for an hour and I've got a headache and I go drink your beer. I will turn it around. I promise I you this party. I will turn this party fucking around. I will get this. I will get the, I will get the motor running. That's what I do, you know? And so I get up there and I look at the man and I go, you better turn this one up. Oh, and we just start going. And next thing I know, I'm looking at the whole crowd. The bartenders this place is popping now. <laughs> And we we're having so much fun. And I walk up the stage and Heath looks at me and he goes, I didn't. Th- I have- awesome. <laughs> like, I didn't see that happening. Wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I bet. I bet. You know, and, you know, he didn't. Like- <laughs> and I'm not like the best singer on the whole wide planet by any shape of the imagination. Otherwise, I'd be on some stage singing somewhere. Right. Or, or at least you- so you can think you can dance that TV show. Exactly. Yep. You know, I think I can dance, but I probably can't. But I don't really care because I'm just having fun. So <laughs> suck a dick, you know. So, so so anyways, John was there and witnessed this shit. Well, obviously, you know how John's gears are oh, constantly yeah. turning all the time, a hundred miles an hour. He had that plan on your first note. Yeah. And so, um, and you know, so anyways, he hits me up and asks me to do this and I'm kind of like, I don't know, John, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm enticed to do it just to do it, to support you and whatever. And, you know, cause he's trying to have, I don't know, 80 events in this oh, show yeah. and all oh, that, yeah. you know, he's just trying to pack it as tight as he can and have something for everybody to do. Yep. And I totally get what he's coming from. Oh Yeah. So we get there after, after the circle track racing, we show up there and that weekend I helped stay, uh, Stephanie Peets and, and then my buddy Ryan and his wife were there. And next thing I know, Jeremy that was and Clint that were doing filming and doing editing yep. and yep. dump truck was there. And next thing I know, I'm looking around, this place is packed. Oh yeah. It was packed. And I get up there and start singing and this place just starts jumping. It did. And we're having fun. It was fun. And then the net, and then luckily enough, we didn't have really that many bad singers. I mean, it was really good. Like it was fun and, and people were dying. They were having fun. Like I never remember having that much fun at a damn karaoke event in my life, to be honest with you, you know, and it's the elevation. Well, you know, beer and elevation, it goes together. It's awesome. I don't know. I don't remember being at that many karaoke events though. Well, I've, I've, I honestly, I've never competed really. I mean, the only time I've ever competed, to be honest with you, was just dumb luck showing up at some bar. They were doing it and I've won, I don't know, now a hundred bucks. Probably. You've actually won money karaoke. Yeah. I've done it a few times and, and, it, and I, it's not like I'm that crazy dude that's like, this event is going to be off the hook and I'm showing up. No, it had nothing to do with that whatsoever. I just literally, <laughs> literally just walked in the bar and they're like, Hey, we got a karaoke contest. And I'm like, sweet. I'll throw my hat in that, you know, whatever. Wow. So, and and um, one. So have you ever been to Catalina? I have not. Okay. So, um, my wife and her family, since she was a child, go to Catalina for a week every year for a family vacation. Okay. So I end up out there for a couple of days, a whole week. It's their you know, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's fun. It's a fun. Anyways, there's a steakhouse bar out there called um Gall- Gallagher's, I think it's called. Okay. Gilligan's, whatever. I don't know. Anyways, good, good, great steaks. But um, we'll go on a certain night for the steak dinner because if you wait long enough, that's when karaoke starts. Shazam. Oh yeah, and there's some people there ready to put it on. 
So, and, and it's amazing when you see that, uh, right? I'll, we stay there for, for hours <laughs> and just sit there in the booth and watch. It's amazing. All right. Well, the next time you're on your family vacation, I'm not going to go on your family vacation no, with you. should you. come on the family vacation. That's no, what I mean. No, I'm, no, I will show up to sing. Yes. But I'm not going on your family vacation because, well. Or maybe you will, though. Maybe I will. Maybe you will. You know what? Fuck it. Let's, let's do, just it. do it. All right. Let's All right, do it. Okay, let's combine it. All you right. know? So anyways, needless to say, just don't want to invite myself. And so. Done invited. What's that? You've already been, been invited. And there's that. And so, you know, so, so anyways, so yeah, so we show up and it's just, I don't know, dumb fun. Oh, you yeah. know, I mean, some people. Well, I'll tell you how, I, when I, so when I walked in, I was outside or something. Yeah. I went in for a while. And yeah, what, a what, yeah. What is your perspective of all this? Well, cause I went there specifically to see you sing. That's all I wanted to go there for. Like I, cause it, so, you know, I, like I said, I go, I go, I'm going up and down with the drinking that weekend. I didn't have a single beer. And, uh, so I was on a no drink that weekend. Right. Yep. And, uh, so, but I, you know, I still want to go out and have fun. I don't, I don't got to drink to have fun. I'm, I'm, I'm fun. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, what. yeah. So, no, I get it. So I'm not one of those people, but you know, I also didn't mind going to sleep. You know, because you're getting a good night's sleep. I wake up at six in the morning, you know, like, that's not a bad deal anyways. I get it. So I'm there. We're there. We're hanging out. We're hanging out. It's the busiest shit in that bar. So we went outside for a little bit. I remember with us, with the, with the Holden and all the, all the boys, you know, and um, and all of a sudden we go back in and I thought the radio was on and I was like, oh, and lo and behold, it's you up there singing the fucking song. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> this motherfucker sounds just like the fucking radio. And I ran after that. I had to run up there and I was, I was filming you and had the phone in your face and whatnot, but it was, it was pure amazement. And then I, I remember I was with Ryan Crucy and hanging out with them in there. And we were just, you know, I think we were all, I think they were too hungover to drink and I was just not drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and we were all just kind of sitting there talking and bullshitting. And I mean, it was a good time though. I mean, that was a cool thing for me about four corners. It was just like, every time you turned your back, you had something fun to do. Yeah. You know, so you're done with the events for the shows on the day or, you know, the booth stuff. And then you're going to the races and then you're going to this and you're going to that. You're going, you know, this year I got the, you know, Joe boom fishing tournament and, you know, blah, 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 this and that. They got the, the Ryan Crucey pit bike nationals and fucking, I mean, it's just going nonstop. And it's, mm -hmm. it's like, if you go there and you have a bad time, you're just one of those people. You're just, I don't know. You're never going to be happy with anything. No, you're never happy. You know, maybe you should get a divorce. I don't know. I don't know where it's at in your life. I don't know. I, I think they should smoke a joint. Uh, maybe. I mean, they'd probably get happy. Maybe. You're, you're a marijuana advocate, I should say, right? Well, most definitely. I mean, you know, I don't want to say it's a, you know, a fix all for everything, but I do have to, you know, my, my marijuana experience of life was, um, actually <laughs> late in life, you yeah. know, like when I, w when I was coming up as a motorcycle mechanic, I was, I don't want to say scared of it, but my job was way too important. Yeah. So I was a drinker and, um, you know, essentially still am, um, somewhat. I don't know. I don't know. I'm only on my sixth one. Yeah. So we're good. I only brought an 18 pack. I know, but I'll be helping you finish that. So anyway, so, you know, I, I don't want to leave man down. So anyway, so <laughs> needless to say, you know, um, the, uh, totally lost my fucking train of thought right Where now. Where you started smoking marijuana. Oh yeah. Smoking marijuana. So, so anyway, so smoking marijuana, um, I was always a weekend warrior, dude, yeah. you know, Friday night, 
you know, me and the boys pound maybe case of beer, you yep, know, yep. so got to go to work Saturday, you know, no big deal. Saturday night though is Frank the tank <laughs> all night long, baby. <laughs> Who gives a shit? If you got a $400 bill, just whoop, whoop. That's why you worked all week. Fuck yeah. You know, and that part. <laughs> and so, you know, so you would turn around and just go out and just get hammered drunk, oh, yeah. you know, from, you know, and Leonard Skinner front row. Oh yeah. You know, I, you know angel wings, brother. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm wearing my tuxedo t-shirt, baby. <laughs> Yeah, I just, you know, I'm serious, but I want people to know that I can party. On the TV on and the radio playing, brother. Shazam. Yes. So needless to say, I am, you know, so then all of a sudden me and my lady have kids, you know, or the first one. And I was still weekend worrying for a while through all that. And then. You know, so she was my DD one when she was pregnant. And then, um, I don't know, even after he was born, I, you know, I was involved, obviously, you know, and I was there every day, da, 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 da. But yeah. I still went and did my weekend warrior thing. And then I remember the first weekend he was like walking and he wanted to play. And I was lethargic as shit because the thing for me is, is I have to be able to shut my mind off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So getting drunk, I liked the hangover. Yeah. I like to be able to be lethargic and watch a movie and not give a shit. I think I'm with you on that. You know, like I, it was a great feeling, you know? Yeah. You're feeling like a bag of smashed assholes, but at the end of the day, (laughs) you didn't care. You didn't give a shit, man. You're just sitting there and you're like, you know what? You want to see how many movies you can watch. I'm going to sit here and watch my cock get smaller and watch this fucking TV. Okay. <laughs> and and then all of a sudden my son Isaac is, you know, like, you know, he's not really talking that much yet, but you know, I mean, he's you could tell he want, you know, he he's wanting interaction. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And at that moment, I felt like this deadbeat dad. Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh hell no." Yeah. Not on my watch. Yeah. So I muster up my energy. I put my big boy pants on and I go and play and I forget about my lethargic moments and my selfishness. And so that next weekend, boys are like, what are we doing? And I go, I'm going home. He goes, what? And I go, nope, tomorrow's my boy's day. I ain't getting loaded tonight. That ain't happening. Yeah, yeah. So I I literally, cold turkey, dude. Six weeks later, I cannot sleep. Oh, yeah. I can't shut my head off. Nope. I'm. And how old are you at this point? I was 35. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, and I just, well, I was that guy, dude. If I was going to have kids, I needed financially. I came from, and, you know, my dad being by himself, you know, we weren't necessarily financially stable. I mean, we had everything that we needed. Yeah but it's not like we had a lot of extra money. Yep, yep. And so for me, I wanted that security for my son. Yeah. I didn't want to add that stress to me and my wife's life, worrying about money and raising kids personally. Yeah. So it was a thought process that I had had oh, yeah. throughout that time. So I waited until I was older. You know, I didn't want to do it when I was in my twenties, you know, because yep. my dad always told me, he goes, you know what? He gave me my first condom when I think I was like 13. Nice. He looks at me and he goes, son, whatever women that you're going to fuck, 
you better make goddamn sure she's good looking. <laughs> and I said, okay, dad, why is that? Because if you knock her up, you will marry her. And if you don't marry her, I will shoot you. <laughs> well, that some bitch can shoot. <laughs> Dude, that <gasps> fucked with me for years. Oh, I bet. Dude, I bet. even in my 20s, I'm like, fuck it, I'll put two on. I'll put two. Like, I got an inner tube to a tube, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know if I can kids on my watch, you know yeah, what I'm right. saying? I mean, so, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, even it was just the way it was. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. And so, you know, and, and so I just, I had that fucking thought process through my whole life. So, so anyways, I quit drinking. I got to the point that I was a pain in the ass. You know, oh, yeah. my wife's just like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, what is not wrong with me? I'm just like, yeah, stressed and, out. And she fucking. goes, smoke a joint. Yeah. And I'm like, honey, I, I don't know. And she goes, what are you worried about? Had in your you job? never smoked a joint at that point? The only time I'd ever smoked a joint, dude, when, when, and I never, at that point I had never smoked a whole joint. Oh, wow. By myself sober. I'd only ever smoked it when I was loaded. Yeah. Yeah. Had me a little devil's lettuce, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, at some party and I'd take a couple of rips. Yeah. And at that point I was so drunk that I'm tossing my cookies out in the uh, back, oh, you know, yeah, for sure. You know, cause the world is spinning 2000 miles an hour and well, I, I didn't have enough break for it. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. You know? And yep. so it needless to say, so I do this. Well, next thing I know I'm giggling my ass off with a stack of cookies on my chest, watching <laughs> TV. <laughs> And just thinking that life is the best. Yeah, right? Oh, no, it is the best. It and is the best. It is. <laughs> <laughs> My sister's the number one whore in Pakistan. <laughs> so, so anyways, so that being said, okay, I um, that's where my weed career began. Yeah. And so even to this day, I smoke that, a little weed when I go so to that sleep. one joint just tipped the scales for you. Well, it changed my whole mindset, you know, perspective and then on, on the devil's lettuce. Yeah, the devil's lettuce. <laughs> and so needless to say, yes, I, yes, it, it changed my whole mindset a hundred percent, like yeah. 360 change, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it woke in my eyes to the idea that, you know what, this isn't as bad as what everybody fucking talks about. Oh, yeah, and, for sure. You know, but I was naive, dude. I mean, I, I, my life and my career was so important to me that there was no derailing that. Yeah. You could have hit me with fucking dynamite and I still would have blown through that shit. Yep. Yep. Like it, this was important to me. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't have money in college, you know, to go yep. to college and find myself. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I had to bust my ass to yep. be where I'm at today. 100%. You know, and so, yeah, dude, like I, it, there was, I was never going to be that guy that lost a job because of a piss test. Now, the guy that ha that happens to doesn't mean that he's a bad guy. No. You know, so I just want to reiterate that because as I say it, it makes it kind of sound that way. But needless to say, that's not my point. My point was, was for you, for, for me you. internally, yep. that's what I was not willing to sacrifice. Yeah. You know, that. And so, you know, I guess I was borderline, you know, alcoholic on the weekends, yeah. you know, which probably isn't Any better. worse. Yeah, 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 exactly. 
you know, but yeah, it's an it, interesting it, time we live in right now. Well, now it's legal. It's weird. It's very fucking weird. It's I very mean, weird. it's very weird. And, but you know what? I kind of like the weird, you know, or I have the, um, I don't mind. Like, I, I mean, fuck, my first time smoking weed, I was in sixth grade. I mean, what age is that? I don't know. How old are you now? 38 old. I'm 44, so don't fucking tell me about being old. I'm just a little bit older, younger than you. Older, younger? I mean, how in the fuck does that work? Exactly. Exactly. Um, No, but so my first time, I mean, what is that, 12? 12 years old? Yeah, I guess so. Around 12. So that's the first time I smoked weed. You know, pretty much all through junior high, I smoked weed. Okay. Most of high school, parts of high school. And then, you know, after that, oh, yeah, smoked weed in my whole 20s. Yeah. You know, and then um, stopped. And then I started up again recently when it got like became legal or just became like where you didn't have to really do anything to get your card before, right before it was legal. And it was like, you just go on a website, get your card. And it was like, all right, you can deliveries now. And uh, I was all good. And I think that was when I quit my job and we started doing this full time. Yeah. And then uh, I don't know what was happening, if I was getting too high or my brain is just different now. And it started, it just evolved. The wrong weed. Uh, yeah, you know, that's, and you're not, you're not the first person to say that because I've told this to story to some other people. And then, yeah, at night, oh, it was just terrible. I would eat, whether it was an edible or, um, you know, smoking, like, you know, some bong rips or whatever, I would lay in bed and, um, like, mentally beat the shit out of myself. Like, where I'm, like, telling myself if you're a loser and you're a piece of shit and why are you doing what you're, you know, go get a job, you fucking loser and shit like that. And it's like, fuck man, it almost made me depressed. I kind of have an answer to that. What's your answer? Well, so my answer to that is, is I want to talk about your timeline in your life at that moment in time is that you were very insecure because you're starting a new business yep. that you don't have a fucking clue if it's going to work or not. But I still don't have a fucking clue. No, but now you have security because it's working. That's true. Now you don't have a clue on a hundred percent of its future. No, but it's paying your bills. Yeah. It's providing a life for employees. It's a pull. I mean, it's providing more than probably than what you ever dreamt it would do in 100%. the very beginning. Yeah. Definitely. So in the very beginning, you had anxiety that was already there. You yeah. Know? And so what I have experienced personally with marijuana is, is that it only enhances what's there. Yeah. So if you're already stressing, already having that sense of anxiety, what is it going to do to you? But it unfortunately accentuate that. I mean, think about like you eat a cheeseburger, same fucking cheeseburger. Let's talk about In-N-Out for a second. You buy an In-N-Out cheeseburger. It makes love to your stomach. You're fucking excited about it. You're fucking stoked. (laughs) Then you smoke weed and eat it. Oh yeah. And now you're having a fucking orgy in your stomach. (laughs) And your taste buds are exploding. They are exploding. And just, (laughs) and so that being said, once you understand that part of weed, yeah. And you, you know, and and my wife always tells me that I over fucking think everything. I always Uh, analyze too much shit, you know, whatever. Well, then I decided to overanalyze the same fucking problem. Yeah. You know, because, yeah, trust me, there's been times where I smoke some weed. And all of a sudden, I feel this fucking weight over me yeah. that I cannot over-fucking-come. Yeah. And I'm laying there going, 
Yeah. Am I, and, even, am I even breathing? And, well, yeah. And then, you know, and you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. You yep. know, so 100%. then, so then I will try to find something on the TV. Like I love getting high, going to bed, watching ridiculousness. Okay. Yeah. 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 Why okay. would you not? Why would you not? Well, it's funny shit. It's funny shit. You know, so you're just fucking laughing. Well, that helps to a certain degree. Yeah. Well, then I started wondering, well, maybe it's just the weed I'm buying. So I started researching strain base. Yeah. And the deeper I got, the deeper the rabbit hole went in the sense of why is this weed strain base better for cancer than this one. Why is this better for this than this one? Well, that's interesting. And it started to make me aware of, you really need to know what you're smoking in the sense of how it affects you. Yeah. So you really have to, you know, like you go into a collective and you talk to an individual, you need to tell them how you feel. I mean, they're almost like an effing Dr. Phil behind the fucking counter. Okay. Right. Where they're like, Tell me your worries and I will give you your healing motion Yeah, or potion, excuse me. You know, and so they turn around and you tell them what you're looking for. I'm looking for something I can mow the lawn with. Yeah. Here's a bitch and sativa for that. Yeah. And not that it's about mowing the lawn, but yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's purpose built. Yeah. You're you going to smoke something. You're going to feel active. You want to get moving. You're going to fucking mow the grass. You're going to be stoked that you're mowing the grass. I have a friend of mine. His name's Bobby Sato. He used to be a radio DJ for 103.9 back in the day. Okay. Um, most people I out I here. I remember that. Oh, that name. Yeah, yeah. That name is very iconic yeah, in the yeah. sense of X1039. I won some money from X103.9. Well, as you should. In, like the, in the early 2000s. Before it turned into shit shingle music that yeah. it is today. I don't even what it is today. Oh, it's fucking soft listening dog shit is now. It really? Oh, yeah. It, it totally changed this whole fucking format. But you know wow. what? The internet changed that. Spotify, Pandora. I mean. Oh, yeah. I don't even. That's, I, that's why I wouldn't know because I don't even. I took the antenna off my road glide. I don't even know how radio stations survive today. And it's sad. It's sad. You know why? Because we grew up on that shit. We should be supporting yep. it. And unfortunately, they didn't catch the new wave before it got here. Cause yep. those people should have been doing the satellite radio. They're the oh, ones yeah. that should have been on board with that. And they didn't grab it quick enough. Nope. I mean, think about it. Are you going to put money in advertising in a fucking radio station? No, they've called me before too. No, I'm not, not going to do that. Well, why would you? I don't understand why you would. Now, Spotify, maybe. Maybe. You know, Pandora, maybe. Yeah, probably. You know, that makes more sense to 100%. the people. That's what work. I listen to. I mean, think about it. Anybody that walks in has got their phone on. They've got an earbud. They're listening to that. Yeah. They're not listening and, to Heart Radio 103.9. But I, so, yeah. So, <laughs> I turn around. Exactly right. And so, I'm talking to uh, Bobby about this, you know, and, and he's a huge, huge marijuana proponent, you know, like he, he loves, you know, all that, right? So, I turn around, I'm talking with him about it, and I go, how do you work out on this shit? All I want to do is fucking eat golden Oreos and go to bed. <laughs> golden Oreos. You know, or honestly, my new thing is fucking super chunky peanut butter on a fork, squeezing fucking jelly on it and eating it off the fork. It is the business. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. Uh, I've been eating peanut butter on a spoon since I was a child. That's what I'm saying. Can't you tell? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> <laughs> uh, meow? Yeah. <laughs> All right, get piss. He's got to take a pee. What's that? Enjoy this commercial break. Well, dude. 
This episode of Shooting the Shit with Speed Kings is brought to you by Clockworks. From windshields to fenders, Clockworks brings the quality. The leader in air management with the original patent flare windshield. Their fenders are stamped and e-coded to bring you the quality you demand. Check out these and other products at speed-kingcycle.com. Get clocked. Drink beer, our conversations become more enlightening. Um, you know, I feel when we drink beer, we maybe become more relaxed. Yep. You know, our inhibitions, as they say, um, become more relaxed. Conversations maybe go in a more entertaining direction. I think that they, um, you, you don't really worry about what the fuck people think about what you're going to say. No. They don't really care about you just, you just roll with it, you yeah. know, but the problem though is, is that are you going to lose the attention of those individuals? Right. So, you know, um, do we need to talk more about motorcycles right now? No, we talk about whatever we want to on this show. All right. You know, um, I had a, we had a three hour podcast, with my good friends, Lorenzo and Pat, and I don't even really think we barely touched on motorcycles for three hours. We were just talking, you know, and, uh, one of the things about it was like their friends listened to it who don't ride motorcycles and said it was amazing because they could follow it and they don't even ride motorcycles. Perfect. You know, so that's why this podcast is called shooting the shit, you know? So it's not like super technical where <laughs> you're into it or you're not, you're just <sighs> waiting to see what the fuck happens next or what type of crazy shit comes out of the My person's idea mouth. behind it is like, okay, if somebody were to sit in a room with you who maybe knew you, maybe didn't know you, and you guys had a few beers and you were just hanging out and you were just starting to talk. What's gonna happen with that conversation? Does it always have to be about motorcycles? It's always going to be about motorcycles because we are love motorcycles. So we're always gonna go there. You know, uh, one of the first few I did, or the, I think it was the first one, no, first few, uh, was Tony from Landspeed. And he's like, you should kind of have like a script or like some talking points written down. And I thought about that and I was like, I don't really want that. If we can't have a conversation that just keeps going, even when it stops on that point and moves on to a different point, then why are we even talking? It's more of a, it, it's like watching fucking CNN and shit. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and, and you know, I guess you're right. I mean, you know, and the more impromptu, you know, whatever is, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. but that's usually for short lived, you know, whatever's Yeah. like I'm watching this for a fucking point. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. Now I'm on to the next thing. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, I, I dig what you're doing here and, yeah. um, and it's fun. It is fun. You know, and that's I, the main thing. If we're having fun, other people will have fun listening to it. And if they definitely. don't, they can turn it off and listen to any other thing out there. They have a lot of options. Yeah. There's a ton of options. I mean, if you want to listen to a lot of motorcycle content, like content, content, a lot of motorcycle <laughs> content. Um, you know, Jace from the fast life is great at that. Yeah. He does amazing podcasts with a ton. I mean, he's, uh, he's in the hundreds of episodes now. He's yeah. Done a, he's done a ton of different people to listen to. I mean, and they're amazing. So talking you, about, talking about him real quick. Uh huh. So hot bike tour. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, second one, I'm on the red road glide that I built and rad motorcycle. Yep. Fuck, I love that bike. And, um, oh, the, did you just say the gold? gold no, road? no. I love my gold road King. Like love, that, that's, I, uh, I, I love that bike. I, I'll never get rid of it. it. It's my girl. If you do it, it'll be in my garage. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. You know what? I, you know what? I'll share it with you. So oh, needless yeah. to say that girl is, is my girl. And, yep. and, uh, 
And, and a lot of that motorcycle has its own little story behind it just because, um, at that time frame, we were still dealing with a lot of big wheel stuff versus performance bagger stuff. And I was trying to like make the mold, like the, yeah. I was making a bridge, you know, I was trying to say, you know what, you can do both. You don't have to just be on one side or the other. That was my mindset. Um, a lot of one-off parts on that motorcycle, believe it or oh, not. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, um, I mean, it, and, and it's funny because when I first did it, most people that looked at it was like, what is that? You know, it didn't have long flowing bags. It didn't have this. It didn't have that. And then they started it, and when it shuttered the ground, they're like, oh. And they're like, then, okay. You yeah. know, and, you know, so... <laughs> That, I mean, that motorcycle actually um, is how I met Carrie Hart. Oh, wow. Yeah, because uh, that hot bike tour, Carrie Hart was doing his road glide. Okay. And um, it was funny because uh, Jordan goes, hey, Carrie and Big B are looking a, for a way to get their bikes out there. I have a four, four per, you know, a four bike hauler, you know, trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm taking my bike. I'm taking my buddy. I'm actually taking my other road glide, the single headlighter road glide for my buddy to ride that went with me. And then I've got Carrie's road glide in there and I got big B's Indian that he was riding. Right. Okay. And so B calls me because Jordan connected the dots yep. and then B dropped off the bikes. I loaded them up. We go out to Asheville. And then when Carrie flew in, that's the first time I ever met the man. Yep. And rad dude had really? a lot of fun. I've never met him. I, you know what? He's a rad guy. Seems like, like it. no, he Very is involved. I enjoy that. Well, he, you know what? He understands the motorcycle industry in the sense that of what it takes to make it full circle. Yeah. You know, and now, you know, and, and he's also <sighs> through life been avail had that ability to build himself to where people use him in marketing. Yeah. You know, and that's where he's at today. Yep, yep, yep. And um, and and it really has nothing to do with his wife, believe it or not. You no, know, I don't, wait, think, it wait, I don't think it does either. It doesn't. You know, me, me and him have had that conversation a couple of times, and you know, and he's very, very clear about no, I don't have this because of her. Yeah. You know, I did this. You know, I mean, we have it because we're together. Yeah, okay, but she didn't pay for it. Like I busted my ass to be where I'm at today. Oh yeah. And there's something to be respected about that. Now, the common public probably sees that a little differently. Well, but, the, but the truth of it is, it's something else. It's not like he wasn't a big star before her. I mean, not like she's not a bigger star. But the thing is, he was a very well-known person way before her. Well, crusty demons and oh, yeah. and the backflip stuff I, see, and I never, all that. I never would have like no because I mean, obviously, I know who he is, and I never would have. And and so I mean, I have a background in the tattoo industry, also. Like, yeah. So I knew who he was from there too. Yeah, yeah. And so I would have never said like, "Oh, you only have this because because of, of her." I well, did, I never never in my in my perspective, you know. I mean, when you look at you know, I believe his wife's name is Alicia, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't I don't I, you know. I want to say that. You know, in his world, it is so easy for people to think he has a free ride because oh, yeah. of how big she has become. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, her music's amazing. Oh, yeah. She, you know, they have I'm amazing kids. So you want to hear a little funny story that involves that? I, most definitely. So Legends came to the shop one day. It was the first time I ever rode a road glide. 
they were like, here, ride the suspension. I'm like, cool. So I like two, three years ago. Yeah. Like two, three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I take off down the street. Right. And I, and I pull over cause I'm like, well, if I'm going to ride this roguelite, the speed, the stereo better work. So, and then I, and I figured I had to figure it out how to turn the stereo on and find a radio station. Right. So then I just turned around and started coming back and I cut the, I split the lanes and come to the front of the, uh, the cars mm-hmm. and boom, pink comes on. Mm-hmm. And I just turned it up higher mm-hmm. and rolled with it. And like, this is what we're listening to now. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. I mean, her music does, you know, kind of a grab. Oh yeah. A multitude of individuals, whether oh, it's yeah. male, female or indifferent. Oh, I yeah. mean, I can remember when her music was a little edgier. You had yep. a lot of attitude to it. And, and then, you know, watching during that time that you're talking about, you know, at that time, their life was so busy oh, and, sure. and, and I don't even know a half of it, you know, so oh, yeah. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to talk like I know him in a sense that like we're best friends oh, yeah, or anything yeah. like that. I would say that he's my friend. I mean, we've, we've, we've had a lot of conversations together. You know, I haven't talked to him in a while. But needless to say, um, you know, during that time, I, I remember when B was dropping off the bike. Yep. The world didn't know she was pregnant. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and she, you know, he's like, well, she's getting ready to have a baby. And I'm like, oh, wow, you know, that, that's cool. And then I, I looked at him and I go, well, well, that's not really common news, is it? And he goes, no, it isn't. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I, maybe B just thought that was okay to tell me because at that time frame, I'm, I'm not on Instagram, you know, posting my life story. I mean, I'm, I'm and even today, like my Instagram has got 2000 followers. Okay. I am not that, I'm not that associated with it because, um, I'm afraid to build it any bigger to be flat honest with you, because I don't think I'd be able to take care of it. Yeah. You know, that you, you, that animal it's crazy you know you have to feed it right oh yeah 100%. And, and and you can't leave it alone no you can't and walk away. no it's that demon right oh, and yeah. so i do the way i do it somewhat for a reason um you know yeah i show a little bit of kid stuff but not that much kid stuff yeah um i um i don't you know post pictures constantly that almost sounded like a door slamming I know. <laughs> the first time it happened it scared me I was like, oh, somebody just come in here what just happened we're, we're, we're in our uh, the new podcast studio there that's a building with nothing in it so yeah. it would be scary if something started yeah. doors started closing i'll run i'll just run away but that, so that that first tour and i don't i don't know if carrie felt like obligated to ride with me that day or whatever because we hauled their bikes out there or whatever, but we well, didn't. were doing a hundred miles an hour though. Well, not, you know what? We were on the Blue Ridge Parkway, so okay. not so much. And to be flat honest with you on the, on that hot bike tour, my bike handled like dog shit. Uh-oh. And here's why. Um, I remember looking at him and I go, listen, dude, leave me. I'm sorry. My bike is not doing what I want it to. I literally finished it. I put it in the trailer and we left. I didn't, you know, race tech suspension that was on it. It's amazing company, but I gave him false information in the sense of weight. I guessed and I guessed wrong because I, I mean, literally they're asking me, I need suspension parts so I can finish this thing. Yeah. And I'm literally rolling it off the dyno, putting it back together and put it in a trailer. Yeah. 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 So <sighs> that thing rode like dog shit. Yeah. And when I got home, I fixed it and it's rad. 
Like, I mean, and I'll never forget it. When I, I dropped it off to him, I, you know, I said, because they asked me, he goes, well, just bring it over and let's scale it. Let's do X, Y, Z. Yep. The thing weighed 722 full of fuel. Wow. 26 inch front wheel, 143 inch motor. 143 inch. Motor. You know, on a road king. Yeah. Weighing nothing. Wait, this is not the gold one. Yeah. Okay, now we're talking about the gold one? Yeah, 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 the gold um, one. Yeah, that's what okay. I'm talking about. Just that's how sure. I met him. That's how I met him. Oh, okay, gold one. The gold okay. one is how I met him. Favorite. Yeah, and and the whole time that was funny was is I swear B's like, your bike's a hunk of shit. It doesn't handle. Like he never said that to me, but that was kind it, of the, the vibe. Feeling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and he like, kept talking oh, about, great. and he kept, you know, he kept telling me how great. awesome his We're Indian was. Guy. Yeah, kind of, kind of, you know. And I felt bad for him because I'm like, you know, whatever. And but you know what? We had a great time. Everything worked out. I got the bikes to and from. With no scratches, no fucked up parts, you know. Perfect. And mind you, I'm driving a twin turbo charged diesel that I'm running a hundred fucking miles an hour down the road with a four with a twenty four foot trailer behind Jesus. it. Jesus. Not giving a fuck. Yeah. Fire rolling out of it, just whoop. So amongst all that, mm-hmm. I mean that's a lot to take in. But where did you find the cross line like for from going from like so, for those who don't know, Josh is basically the 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 one of the first people to ever have performance bagger, and I'm using bunny ears because you can't see me. Performance bagger, Grace in the Hot Bike Magazine, correct? Correct well, me if I'm wrong. All right, so you we were the first cover, but yes, first cover. Here, this is the history behind it. I want to hear this. All right, so the history behind it was I get a drunken conversation call from uh-huh. Jordan. Jordan. Baggers Magazine yep. editor. Yep. And me and him have been friends for a long time. I love the man. Okay. And so he calls me up and he goes, you know what, man? We need something more. I'm, you know, the big wheel thing has been great. It's been this. It's been that. Yep. But dude, as a magazine editor, we cannot continue to do the same thing over and over and over and over again. We need something new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in our <laughs> drunken conversations, I start drinking with him, you know, over the phone, da 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 da. And next thing I know, he goes, We need to build a performance bagger. Yeah. And at that time, you know, I'm like, You're nuts. I don't know. I mean, this thing has a lot of energy. Da 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 da. And he kept talking and talking and then he convinced me. And I'm like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to find us a bagger and we're going to do it. And yeah. He goes, really? And I go, fuck it. I'll find us one. So no bullshit. I take over payments on, on a 2013 bagger that was retarded on my part in a financial move because it yeah. was so over the top and money Yeah, yeah, yeah. and what it was worth. But fuck it. I found one. Yep. And I found a dude that, you know, my friend Bill Patchell is like, you know what? Take it we'll make this happen. Right. Yep. And so I just kept paying the, whatever the amount was, you know, three, four, six, whatever it was a month. So we're paying the bill and paying the bill and paying the bill. And so Lindell gives us wheels. Kraus gives us trees. Race tech gives us forks. Race test gives us shocks. Um, S and S gives us a one twenty four. Um, Justin from FXR division ends yep. up giving us bags. I come up with the paint color and then I made that single headlighted fairing. Yeah. And it was the first cover performance bagger. I want to say in 2016. Nice. 
Now, mind you, I told Jordan, I go, well, I think we're too progressive on this. And he goes, no, man, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. And I'm like, yeah. okay. And where are we at today? Five, four, five, four years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, now, mind you, that motorcycle, you know, also kind of changed Kevin Kevin Ossop's direction in Big Bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, at, at that time, Kevin was doing the titanium bikes. Yep, yep. The FXR titanium, like I think that was really kind of his focus, right? Yeah, definitely. And we had that bike that I had done, but it wasn't finished, finished yet. I mean, dude, everything that we were doing on that bike was a shit show because it was all new, nothing kind of worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm on the phone with Sasha from Kraus. You know, he's helping me make these one-off parts. I'm sending him dimensions. He's helping me and da, 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 da. And we're working together and, and, and it all worked out. Yeah. And the bike actually is still in Riverside today. My very, my friend, Jeremy Swanson bought it. Oh, really? That bike, uh, that, that cover bike still lives in Riverside today. Oh, that's awesome. I'd like to see it. Oh, that bike is rad. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's freaking amazing. It, it was so everything that's today is somewhat based around that one, right? Yeah. Well, that one though didn't have a ton of gravity. Yeah. So then that's when the gold bike got built. Yeah. And the gold bike got the twenty six to try to com, com literally combine yeah, yeah. the bring two together, units. Yes. Together. And that was my thought process. Maybe right, maybe wrong. I don't know, dude. I just said fuck it. I'm doing it. Yeah. I mean. <sighs> You have to take chances when you build stuff. It, you have to build what you want. Well, every artist, and I don't even know if I can classify myself as an artist, but needless to say, every artist has to take a chance. Yep, 100%. And so I took a chance. And then the next year, I built the Red Road Glide, and it, it, it had Kevin's inverted setup on it. But the funny thing about Kevin, though, and we're backtracking slightly in our story, we're bouncing around a little bit, but when we did that first road glide, single headlight, all that Kevin, you know, on that hot bike tour, I want to say that was spirit Lake Iowa hot bike tour. Mm -hmm. Kevin took a lot of photos of that bike and, and concept ideas. Now he didn't steal anything off the bike. He just saw what it was going towards. Yeah. He saw, and, so that it saw the, the opportunity and he's, and he liked it. Yep. hundred percent. And now a lot. Of, I mean, even his own personal bike has a lot of similarities to that motorcycle, yeah. um, uh, even in color, yep. you know, a lot of similarities. And, um, you know, the, the red hot, the, my red road glide, he was on that hot bike tour and I hauled his motorcycle to hot bike tour that year, <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah. And, um, and I got to hang out with Kevin and you know what, we had a lot of fun together, you know, with bullshit and whatever. And, um, that, that, you know, through this whole motorcycle industry stuff, you know, if, if anything, I just want to be okay with everyone, Yeah, exactly. you know, like, I don't want to dislike this fucking guy or that fucking guy or whatever, you know what, man, whatever it is, I'm not getting into it. Yeah. You know what? I'm good with you. You're good with me, whatever. Yep. You know, it's just that simple, but, but anyways, so Yes. The red bike, though, is where I feel a lot of stuff in the performance bagger industry got based around. That motorcycle, I mean, you take uh, Hoffman Designs. Yep. 
when you look at his tail section, his carbon fiber stuff, right? Do you see a fucking tail light on that fender? No. Do you see a license plate mount on that fender? No. It looks very, very similar. And I'm not saying he copied me. Mm. In fact, it's a pat on my back that if he did see it and he decided to build that stuff around it. Yeah. And maybe he didn't and did it on his own. Yeah. yeah. It's really immaterial. My point is, is that if he did. If you influenced him. Fuck, that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. You know, awesome. Sweet. You know, like. just worked with uh, Curtis on his uh, soft tail that he just built. Nice. He ran our risers and our and our handlebars and our yeah. tank kit on it. Yeah. Very nice guy. Very yeah, nice yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, his history is West Coast Chopper stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure on that, but I, I wouldn't I'm, doubt it. I'm almost positive. He's from out here and ended up out there. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I I can't 100% say that 100%, but so Pete Fallon that paints a lot of my yep, motorcycles, yep, yep. hot dog. Hot dog. Painter for West Coast Choppers for 10 years or so, give or take. Um, I want to say, yes, he said that he worked there at one point in time. I mean, that that company, I mean, you want to talk about an influencing company? Oh, crazy. Dude. God, crazy. Now, I don't know if Jesse's that awesome or just that fucking lucky. Yeah, I don't know. Like, but I can tell you, though. I, I tell you. The man, anything that man touches turns to fucking gold, it seems like. I mean, when you're able to sell $1,000 fucking uh, cigar ashtrays that you handmade, but, you know, and I, oh, I fucking love when he sells them because I enjoy watching him hand make them on Instagram. I'll tell you that much. You know, I'm not going to buy one, but I'll tell you, I would love watching him make them. I mean, the guy's an artist, plain and simple. And he's he's not one of the guys that are just in the background, like, where he's got the money, he's got the machines, and he's telling people how to do shit. The fucker knows what he's doing. And that, you know, you can 100, 100%, 100% respect that, you know? Well, the man the man has a vision, you know? like. Yep. Most most people in this industry probably won't ever remember truthfully how a lot of it came to be. I oh, mean, yeah, for sure. I can remember no bullshit television, okay? And I and I I have no idea how Jesse ended up with that Discovery Channel first motorcycle mania thing. Yep, yep. I have no idea how that really came to be. Were, you, would, were it, you ever on TV? Well, I've been on TV a few times, but not oh, for the like that level. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was more of, I'm part of something that was, it wasn't about me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would just, I was there. I happened to be filmed with it, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But not on that level. Like this is a based around my shop, like not like that. And so I remember watching the first one going, wow. Oh yeah. Just captivated. Oh yeah. 100%. And then you think about all the things that spawned from that. You think about the um, biker build-offs. Yep. That shit would have never happened if Discovery hadn't have done that with him to begin with. Yep. Now, stroke of luck, skill, maybe a little bit of both. Mm. I, I don't know. I wasn't in the room when that shit went on. Oh, yeah, for sure. I can tell you, though, the man has a vision that's friggin' amazing. Yeah. You know, I don't know the man personally. I've, I've only talked to him a couple of times in my life. He would probably never remember me yeah. if I ever talked to him again. But the reality of it is, is I understand where he's coming from and I appreciate the shit out of him because oh, yeah. 
in my opinion, the motorcycle industry would not be where it is today without what they filmed him doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and And, and then I even cross over the vehicle industry, like the car industry, you know, I, well, the car industry is the car industry and, you know, chip foose and all that. Yeah. Yeah. You have them. Um, I don't know, but you know, like monster garage and shit like that. I mean, that was all part of what he did. It did. It did. It did make technical things more relevant. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, but I, I can remember, dude, watching that stuff captivated. Oh, a hundred percent. And, and so this is where my little pinch myself moments come from. Okay. And, and, and this is where, all right. So I have my seats done by bitch and rich. Okay. Okay. The man is a G when it comes to seats, actually for multiple things, more than seats. The guy is amazing. Okay. And if you don't know him, you need to. I would definitely like to meet him. Oh God. He's amazing in his craft. Um, but he's your also typical artist. He's a little flighty. Oh yeah. He's a little bit of this. He's a little bit of that, but, but, but at the end of the day, it's all worth it. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you take, um, you take him, you take Pete Fallon, the hot dog. Yep. So John show. Okay. I'm at the second, um, lost highway show. This is how I meet Pete Fallon. I'm like a fucking drunken schoolgirl excited about the idea that I'm meeting this man. Oh yeah. I was that way last year. When you met me. That and then <laughs> more so when I met Pete. <laughs> I totally I appreciate that. So no bullshit. Second Lost Highway show. We're talking six years ago, roughly. And um, I had my booth there maybe five years ago. I don't, I don't remember exactly. So we're at, we're at Glen Helen. Yep. John's putting on a show. And I. it's hotter than f- the devil's fucking butthole yep. that day. Yep. I, I was supposed to go to that uh, show. I mean, hot, hot. I had free tickets because I did the 1,000... Um, one K in a day ride. Okay. And we had free tickets and I had two. My wife's like, no way it's too hot. So I had I, all my friends like, no way it's too hot. So I didn't go. I'm all I saw all day was ambulances hauling people out. Oh yeah. I would have been one. Of them. I mean, just, and so I've got my normal booth. It's full of beer. It's always jumping off, you know I mean? Yep. Always having fun, you know, whatever. You know, I mean, it's very rare that you don't find a rock solid cooler with like 200 beers in a cooler in my booth. Yep. It's very rare. And it's very rare that I'm well, giving you one. So anyway, so I literally, I took a pit bike with me on, on the chance that the pissers were too far away. And a man sometimes needs to get to the bathroom <laughs> a little quick. So I, I came prepared, you know, chance favors the prepared, chance favors the prepared. So fuck it. I'm going to be yep, prepared. Right. So I got my little pit bike. I go to hop on my pit bike and go take my piss run. And as I cruise by, there's fucking hot dog beside me, dude. But I was so captivated on what I was doing. <laughs> I got Jay from Fab 28 across the booth. The first fucking time I met the band. Yep. Now we do all kinds of shit together. And then there's Pete beside me. I literally walk over to him. 
And I go, listen, I'm doing this hot bike tour thing. I am going to give you a fucked project yeah. with fuck timelines. Yep. And it's going to suck. You're going to want to punch me in the nuts. And I'm already <laughs> telling you, I'm sorry. Will you do the job? <laughs> also, my name is Josh. <laughs> and my name is Josh. And I am literally having that giddy. I just met oh, boys, yeah. the men, school girl right. moment. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, my panties dropped. You know, like, you know, like for me, dude, it was, uh, it was, it was that moment. And, and you're talking about this hayseed kid, dude, yeah. that what, you know, let just read easy riders, read hot bike, read yeah. all these cool magazines and only saw these rad individuals yeah. doing what they did. And yeah. I so, so wanted to be that guy. Oh yeah. And when I started working with them, I remember talking to my wife going, I am in an awe right now. Oh, hundred percent. I have no idea that I am. I don't know. want to say cool enough. I don't, I don't know. I maybe good enough, you know, like, yeah, exactly. Like I'm, I'm, I have enough quality about myself that these people will work with and what me. I produce. Yep. Like I, and, and that spoke volumes to me Yep. because you know, when you do these things, when you build motorcycles, when you do what you do, you're constantly discrediting what you're doing because you wonder if it's good enough. Oh yeah. Always. And then you honestly have to put your big boy pants on and say, fuck you. Yep. I am good enough. Yep. But it did for me take those moments from guys like them working with me Yeah. that said, dude, what you do is rad and we're yeah. on board. And yeah. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. It's wild. I kind of made it, I guess. I mean, yeah. in a weird little way, you know, like I'm, you know, whatever. And, and now like I talk to Pete all the time. Yeah. Like the man went to Nebraska with me, dude. Yeah. Last year and a bonsai run on a bike I built that he painted so we could deliver it to the dude. We had to be there in little literally, dude. We lived, we left, we had to be there Friday night. We left at 4 a.m. Friday, like Thursday, Friday morning. Drove straight fucking through 1,400 miles, running 100 fucking miles an hour, it seemed like, all the way there, going up the Eisenhower Pass. His fucking motorcycle fell over in the trailer oh, because the eyelet broke. The eyelet snapped, and I, I, I'm i in Denver. I open the trailer, and I see Hot Dog's bike on its side, and, dude, my you heart- You just want to close it. Oh, my heart <laughs> fell the fucking shoes. Oh, Yeah. So I'm jumped up. I'm fixing this. I'm fixing that. And I'm like, fuck, man. And, I, and Pete comes walking out after taking a piss. Hey, buddy, what's going on? I'm like, how do I fucking tell you right now? Your bike was on its side. And he, and he literally looked at me and goes, it's fine, dude. I can repaint it. I'm a painter. <laughs> That's, I don't know if you know this about me, but I do that for a living. And he goes, did it hit the green one, though? And I go, no. And he goes, we're good. Yeah, perfect. And I'm like. Okay, I'm kind of giving myself a fucking heart attack right now right? over this whole thing oh, because I, yeah. I'm literally delivering bad news, you know. Yeah. But the man, dude, we had so much fun and, and we oh, still yeah. do today. So the, the whole fucking long drawn out story of this whole f is that, yes, have I made it? No. Yes, maybe. I don't know. But at the end of the day, where do you really classify that? I just say that. Will you ever know? Probably not. Yeah. And, and, what, and what really is making 
I've Happy- had some happiness. Had, yeah, that's what you know. Happiness. Success, success is categorized so um, differently from every person. I've How do you measure that? Same exact experiences, you know, and I will have more of those experiences, hopefully, as 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 I keep going what I'm doing. And I mean, you can ask my guy Dylan, who works, you know, does, you know, and my yeah. wife. I'll scream in the shop, "Fuck yeah!" You know, like I mean, because I mean, at the end of the day, we're working our asses off to do. Yeah, yeah. It's not like we're just over here like doing a fucking three hour tour. You know what I mean? It ain't fucking rainbows and lollipops, dude. Fuck no. There's days where I'm like, "How the fuck am I going to pay this bill?" You know? Yeah. When you're staring down your MX bill that's fucking twenty two thousand dollars, and you got fucking twelve days to pay it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> hey, I got a new building. Cool. You got to put two grand down on the insurance. What? Didn't budget that one. Yeah. You know, like, why do I got to put two grand down on the insurance? Can gotta I, just, I got a P2. <laughs> break. Taking a break. Love you guys. And we're back. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So, you know, before we went on our uh, uh, pee break, we were talking about Pete Finland. Yeah. My experience with Pete, you know, like I've not, it's not like I've not known who Pete is. Yeah. You know, so I get, like I said, I've had a lot of jobs in my life. So yeah. in my job and I, and I get the same thing that you've gotten, like where people in the industry respect me Yeah, because I've earned the respect, you know, not because I'm just like some trust fund kid running around, you know, like I fucking, I, I don't have any money. I've worked my fucking ass off. You didn't here. buy your way in. No. I mean, I started this in a garage with fucking no money at all. You know, well, what do you say? Like $600 or something? Yeah, the, you said the first, the, the, when I, so initially when I started this business, it was in a garage going through a divorce. I had nothing basically that was like ridiculous. Um, and I just started making parts for choppers because I've been in the manufacturing industry my whole life. So yeah, um, I'm like, well, if I'm going to make one of these or the, I was building a 1969 iron head. I put a CV carb on it and I need to place, but the choke. So I made a little choke mount tab. Well, I'm going to build one. I'm going to make a hundred because yeah. yeah, laser cutting one and laser cutting a hundred is basically the same price. Right. So laser cut at a hundred and started selling these old tabs, you know, and then next thing you know, I'm setting up the swap meet and we you know with the, you know, little table and whatnot, you know, and that's how this really started. And then all of a sudden one day it was like, I'm going to take this seriously and me and my wife were trying to move out of an apartment into a house, and I had six hundred dollars saved up in like six months. I'm like, we're never moving out, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. This is not how real people save money, but we didn't have any money, you know. So make the money. So I was like, do you trust me? Give me that money, and I started making the money. And you know, we turned this. You know, I started focusing on newer bikes and blah blah blah. You know, and here we are today. But. uh so I have this thing of, I, I'm, I didn't start this company when I was 20 and, and here I'm 25. You know, I was 30 years old when I first started this. 33, 34 when it started taking some traction and now here we are 38. And, you know, so I'm older, Yeah. right? I've already gone through my dumb shit years. I hope, I fucking hope, Jesus. I hope I've gone through my dumb shit years already. But uh, so- you know, like the first time I ever sat down with Bill and Magoo from Biltwell, I had dinner with them one night, like when we were just barely doing nothing, but like we, you know, we were, we were on the, I guess the spectrum, but yeah. not really, I don't feel in, in, in my, the sense of, of numbers and things like that. But like I got their attention somehow. Yeah. 
And so I went, we became a dealer for the cycle and auto from Bitwell had the um, sample front end to take to shows. And I went yeah. to go pick that up. And next thing you know, I'm going to dinner with auto bill and Magoo, which was like the fucking weirdest thing here. I'm driving my Hyundai Elantra to go pick up this front end because that's what, that's all. That's what I had. Hyundai Elantra yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fucking sick, bro. All right. It's like, there were 15s. I keep them clean. <laughs> Dri- you know, driving my Honda Elantra after fucking a uh, 12 hour day at the fab shop. Yeah. You know, and um, going out to Temecula. And I remember talking to my wife on the phone. Holy fuck, I'm going to dinner with Bill and Magoo. You know, like that was wild. It was an epic moment. Epic moment. And, and but I'm still that way to all these people I meet. Like when I, I get, you know, talk to Adrian Lopez from Loser Machine. Fuck, I've been watching that guy skate since I was like fucking a teenager. You right, know what I mean? Right, like, right, right, right. Now he rolls up and like, hey, what's up, man? But, and I'm like, Hey, hi. Every time, like, hi, can I, can I have your auto? Can I, can I kind of have your autograph? But I shouldn't ask for your autograph because I'm like a business and like we talk about business things, you know, like, but it's always like really weird for me because I think I'm older. I, I'm older, you know, like in the sense of like, I've already had that whole part of my life, you know, in the sense of like, where maybe I think I overthink what I've done and, and I'm not as humble per se. Humble's a weird word, but you know, I, I don't think humble is a weird word at all. I mean, it's actually very relevant in, and, um, you know, what you're talking about right now, yeah. I totally get, I mean, you know, the, those moments of weirdness oh, or, yeah. or insecurity of, I met Chopper Dave when I met Chopper, well, Chopper Dave was already making our, our, uh, air cleaner covers. Yeah. Um, because the Gons hooked that up, yeah. right? And then he's like, oh, have Chopper Dave make them here. Do, do, do. Like, just like, you know, yeah. whatever. Okay, cool. Well, I like last born free, I like saw him and I was like, went up to him like, hey, hey, I'm Steve from Speed King. Hello. You yeah. Know, like like you're, you're a nobody and, well, and you're talking to this guy that's I'm, a somebody. I'm and, forever going to be a nobody, man. I'm a nobody for 100%. Like, oh, I yeah. don't even care. And I think it's, it's like, I've been looking at that guy's bikes forever. So yeah. to see to, now he makes parts for us. Like yeah. to me, like, I think that's the coolest thing ever. Oh yeah. No, you know? no, a hundred percent. No, you're, you're a hundred percent right. I mean, you know, you, no, I get it. 100%. And, and I, and I think that helps us in the sense of our, our like success in what we do yeah. is because at the end of the day, we are just normal fucking people. Yeah. I don't take this for granted at all Yeah, because you know, like I know I worked for it, mm-hmm. but it, it's still, I'm never, I'm never gonna take it for granted because it'll be gone tomorrow. If you don't, if you don't keep grinding, dude, no, you, it'll die. It'll die. Now, I mean, cause you are the energy behind yeah. it, you know, and, and that's, well, I like that, to say I'm, the, I'm the face behind it. Cause I'm pretty. Yeah. But you are pretty, <laughs> you're a sexy son of a bitch, but the, the reality of it is, is though your energy is just as hot as your body. Oh, dang. And, and your energy is what drives where you are today. Yeah. And you re you, you, you refuse to say no, no, definitely. You know, I mean, I, you know, at the end of the day, we all have to be good with each other, you yep. know, and that's the way I look at it. You know, like it's the first time that I like met big Al, for instance, yeah. you know, big Al is one of those guys that is, I don't want to say hard to get to know, but mm. he is, has his reserves on everyone mm. because, you know, he doesn't know life experiences. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But you know what? It, it, it's cool because I become friends with him now. 
you know, and he believes in what we do because yep. he brings bikes down to us to tune. He brings bikes down to fix from time to time. Not like, not inside of transmissions, but motor-based stuff. Yep. Yep. You know, um, he had a customer a while back, you know, had a 124 that was having some issues, drops the bike off, I fix it, blah, 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 retune it, fix it, boom, down the road. You know, and he gives us props, but you know what really, really made our relationship was my third hot bike tour that I was actually on. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, um, I show up and Justin George is good friends with him. Oh yeah. And everybody loves Justin. Dude. Justin's I mean, amazing. Yeah. Justin's a rad motherfucker. Yeah. We did a podcast with Justin. Yeah. Justin's a love rad, that, dude. rad motherfucker. He's a and, pastafarian. Yeah. I love that guy. And, um, you know, I mean, dude, like to the point that he's done my family's picture photos for <laughs> us and the whole deal, you know, yeah, and, he's amazing, dude. Oh, dude, I love that guy. And, um, and nothing but respect for Justin. And so Justin probably kind of helped, you know, connect the dots that, that, you know, yep. so we show up to the third hot bike tour. We're in Phoenix. Um, and then uh, we ended up going out that night, hanging out. We go to a couple bars, you know, we're doing our thing, you know, whatever. And um, that next day, we're getting ready to go. And um, poor, um, poor Big Al's motorcycles having some issues. Yeah. So we're at Buddy Stubbs Harley Davidson, and he gets there and he goes, "Dude, my bikes are on like dog shit." Da 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 da. I tear it apart. You know, I, I, you know, I, I asked the, geez, I can't even remember the, uh, I'm trying to remember the guy that owns uh, Buddy Stubbs, his son, Jack. Um, Jack yeah. Yep. So uh, Jack, uh, you know, I asked Jack, I go, Hey man, can I use a, can I use a lift, you know, whatever. And he goes, yeah, yeah, no problem, man. So we get his bike up on the lift. I do what I need to do. Da, 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 da. Boom. We got him on the road again. And, and, and Al's like, wow. Like you didn't have to do this. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I kind of did. And the reason that I say that is, is because the, um, the reason it needed to happen personally, well, I will never leave a man down. You know, if I'm involved and I'm there yep. and you're broke down, fuck it. Yeah. I'll fuck my day up to make sure that this shit goes right. Yeah. And so, I help him out. We get him fixed up. Da 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 da. And it it was really minor stuff. I, if I want to say it was like a push rod issue or some bullshit like that. Yeah. And so we get him running right. Everything's proper. We go on their whole ride. Da 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 da. And next thing I know, he's calling me up and he's like, "Listen, dude, I don't fuck with people very easily. Like I'm yeah. very very kept to myself. I I struggle, you know, with all that. Yep. And um." Next thing I know, he's showing up in my shop and I'm helping him out. We're tuning bikes. We're fixing this. We're doing that. Yeah. And he believed in me, Yeah. you know, all from that one experience. And, and it was rad. It's weird when people, when people believe in you. It, it, that is a, you know, <laughs> like people outside, like, you know, your mom, your dad, every, you know, your family, they, they kind of have they're supposed like, to. They're supposed to. Like if they don't believe in you, fuck you, you dick. Yeah. You gotta believe in me. I don't care if I'm doing meth. Believe in I'm gonna do the most meth I can. You know, like 
But True like that. when somebody outside of your circle who maybe doesn't even know you very well, like yeah. or or one interaction like that, like and that's how I feel like uh, Bill and Magoo were. Like, you know, I've definitely drunk texted them and like, you know, thank you. <laughs> you know, and you can ask them, like, you ain't fucking, you're fucking drunk, aren't you? But, uh, you know, they believed in me. Like, yeah. you know, when we were, we were nothing. And, and then, then when you have somebody who believes in you that way, now you're on a mission to not fail them. Like you're not, it doesn't matter. I don't care if I fail myself as much. Like if I fail, like my business as a whole, if what I'm doing now fails. If you fail to take the trash out, whatever, yeah. you fail. But if I fail even as a, as a, in a bigger scale. Like no, this I get whole, it. No, I get it. I've learned so much that I would, I, I would like to say that I'll never have a job again and I will, I will create something again. Yeah. Right. Because that's part of my fun is creation. Um, but I wouldn't want to fail somebody who believed in me. Right. And that's like, that's like. And even believing me in more so like, you're, if you're, you know, like it doesn't matter to a family member, like they're going to believe in you on the next round too. So it doesn't matter. Right. You know, like if you, if it fails you're not really worried about, you know, your family member as much, but if like somebody on the outside, believes well, in you, there's also like levels of failure, right? Like, yeah. you know, failure, you, you can't be like fail. Failure has so many different levels in the sense That's, that like I feel success. I, well, it does. And yeah. so, yeah, you, you have a failure in the sense that, okay, I didn't get your bike done a hundred percent when I said it was going to be done. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, for us, that happens more times than not just yeah. because there's opt obstacles of life. Oh yeah. Not so much in like personal life, but parts, yeah. paint, whatever obstacles. Um, but that being said, I don't think that I have a customer to date that, you know, yeah, they might've been a little pissed because we weren't done on their timeline. Yeah. But when they got it, they were fucking stoked. Yeah. 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 You know, like when they got back and they, I, I, I don't know how many times I've been that lucky guy where I get that call back where they're like, dude. Yeah. This thing is so much more than I thought it was going to be, and da da yeah. da da, you know. And thank you for uh, you know that steering makes your day too. Oh, it does. That you know, it does. I mean, I've I I had a customer in it, here recently that you know hit me back, and he was like, you know what? I've gone to multiple motorcycle shops in my life. Yeah, I'm like, all right, and yeah you aggravated me because of X, Y, Z, you know yeah. I mean? I am the janitor. Yeah. I'm the motor builder. Yeah. I'm the bike builder. I'm the guy that pays you, the bills. You wear every hat. Every hat. Yep. And you know, he goes, yeah, I was pissed because it went past where I wanted it to be in time. But I forgot all about that. The moment I wrote it. I wrote it yeah. and the moment I wrote it, I felt it. And I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, like when they pick it up, sometimes they're excited, you know, they pay their bill, you know, they do whatever and they're excited, but they're still like kind of got a little edge to them. You oh, know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden they get home and they're like, Hey, I want to come back and drink beers. And I'm like, I thought you were kind of mad at me. And you're like, I forgot all about that now because my bike is rad. Oh yeah. 
And, you know, I think that the one thing that we probably should talk about a little bit tonight is patience. Patience. Patience is a virtue and patience. It's hard though, right well, now, especially in, in, the, in the day and age we live in. And you could with, you know, with the Amazon mm-hmm. mentality, I like to call it, you know, that changed everything. And not just mentioned with like with physical work, you know, where you're actually turning a wrench, but with everything, it changed everything. Well, cell phones, Amazon, Walmart yep. are indifferent. Instant gratification. They're looking for, I'm going to go buy this. I'm taking it home. I want it now. And the motorcycle industry is literally like 20 years behind that. Yep. You know, and, you know, it comes down to like the cost of a wheel, right? Yep. People will like, I can buy four wheels for 800 bucks. Why is this wheel 1500 well, production rates is what creates that. Yep. You know, I mean, if we had a million cars or a million motorcycles on the road, you know, like cars are produced today, yeah. Yeah. well, then there would be a lot easier to provide for that. Yep. But you can't expect a company to forecast that and then overproduce and then lose their ass and then they're gone tomorrow. Yep. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, it's no different than Jimmy, you know, going in you know, eight from HBI, he's going into his exhaust thing, Yeah. you know, and people are looking for instant gratification. Well, you're asking for a piece of art yep. that probably takes three or f- fuck four or five hours to weld up yep. because it has to be perfect. You know, like you take most exhaust systems, you don't see the welds. They yeah. got heat shields. They yeah. have things that cover them. They're all those MIG are, welded. robot welds. Well, robot or indifferent, but it's still MIG welded. I, I can MIG weld that fucker in nanoseconds and yep. take two hours to weld three welds TIG-wise. Yep. Most people can't get behind that. Oh, yeah. Most people don't know what a TIG weld is. Well, and there again, there's that. There's- and so... I think that if anyone that is listening to this tonight needs to understand something about the idea of patience, Rome was not built in a day. There's your motorcycle. It can be tore down in a day. <laughs> Definitely. But it cannot be built yeah. in a day. And, you know, we deal with a lot of different things. You know, like, I, you know, we'll do full builds, like frame up stuff. Yeah. And customers sometimes get a little irritated over timelines, but I ask them sometimes I go, you know, if you want me to stay on this from start to finish, and I do nothing else. It would cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars to make this happen because of the delay times of paint wheel times are indifferent. We try to do the best that we can, but nothing's instantaneous inside of this. So It's a struggle, dude. It's a fucking huge struggle. I mean, how many times have you had customers that ordered thousands of parts? Yep. And that company is doing their damnedest, their best to supply them. But then their part becomes insanely popular. Yeah. The one thing that most people have forgotten about is the recession from 2008. You know, yeah. in 2006, 2007, most parts in any company was heavily available. Yeah. And then the recession hit. And then they had to fucking, you know, get rid of 
thousands of employees across the country in the motorcycle industry. Yep. What that taught them was, is that, you know what, we need to quit overproducing. We need to quit over hiring. We need to stay in our lane. And so that lane sometimes throughout the year creates a high demand, which creates a high weight base. Yep. And that there's also that other side of the time of the year where there's nobody ordering shit and we're slowly building up our stock base. Right. Yeah. I mean, Jay from fab 28 is a huge, huge, you know, guy inside of that, you yep. know, he builds a great product. Um, but he can only produce what he can produce because at the end of the day, there's not enough money to be able to th house 50,000 exhaust systems. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, we're talking maybe a hundred. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's a thousand orders that come through. Yep. And so there's growing pains inside of that. Oh, it is. And yeah. so I just hope that. I mean, you saw our inventory today. I mean, we have a lot of shit in our inventory. And you'll run out as quick oh, yeah. as you had it. And there's still things we're missing. Yeah. Every day, you know, like yeah. we try to inventory as much as we can. Yeah. So that way orders can go out the same day. But, you know, we have to work within our means as a small business. But, you know, at the same time, I think people, you know, as we talked about this weekend, Instagram washes things out. Instagram yeah. saturates it. You know, yeah. people who follow me today, yeah, you know, from the media that we put out, like, you know, and, I, and I'm proud of the media we put out. We put out media for, you know, uh, professional media essentially for a reason. Like I try to make, take the best pictures. We try to put the best video we possibly can because it's a, it's a media driven world. And, and right? then, you know, and then you turn around and you do your podcast to yep. try to educate individuals. Exactly. You're probably doing tech installs. Oh yeah. You know, yep. because yep. you figure, you know what, you can go to my site to learn how to, yep. you know, install the parts that, that we have yeah. all that. But you know, they don't, they may not realize that we're just a three person shop. I have you no know? idea. They think yeah. there's 50 employees yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Or more. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, uh, you know, sometimes we have to educate people like, Hey, you, you just bought from a small business. Like, you know, and, and we don't trust me in things where like things get delayed. I don't want to hold on to your money at all by any means. Yeah. Because essentially that's holding on to my, what the, the month, the little tiny, you know, minuscule profit I'm going to get out of it to make our business run. Yeah. You know, as you know, you know, so it's like, it's, I don't ever want to like, and I'll, I'll never ever take money from somebody. You know what I mean? Like I'm just not that way. Karma's a motherfucker. So, you know, you're a hundred percent right. Like I, there are certain companies that I order from that only take my money the day it ships. Yep. And then there's other companies that take your money before it ships. Yep. Now, mind you, the companies that are in between have to take the money prior yep. Yep. because they still, when they order pay for it most yep. of the time. Yep. Exactly. And most people, you know, they don't realize that your profit margins 20%. 30%. Like, yep. you know, they think that everything's got this huge profit margin and they think that you have all these discount availabilities are indifferent. And it's really not the truth no, at no. all in this industry at no. all. And, you know, you, in this industry to see a, a profit margin bigger than 30% would blow my mind. Yeah. It's astronomical. Yeah. Like, holy so when, shit, when I just won ask, the fucking lottery. Yeah. When people, people, when people don't, I don't think realize that though, when they're like wanting a discount, mm. 
The discount only comes from me. So we own our shop as a whole only makes less money as, you know, as a profit to keep our shop going, moving forward, not the distributor, not the prop company that made the product unless it's our own product. So probably one of the most things that here lately, people that have been in my shop and have listened to me rant and rave about God knows what. <laughs> the one thing that I get very, very eh, upset about is probably the easiest way to describe it is, is that support your local shop. Yeah. I don't care if it's me. I don't care if it's you. Yep. Wherever you're purchasing your bike components from, do not go onto fucking Amazon. Do not go to fucking whoever yeah. on your phone. Purchase from that man. And you know what? Yes, he might be 20% higher, but he's charging you MSRP because the man needs to pay his bills. You know, it's not all about how fucking cheap you can get it. It's yeah. about that guy being there for you. You know, you'll call him and ask him about what to buy. He'll tell you what to buy. And then all of a sudden you're on some website ordering this stuff. Yeah. That has these insane grossly discounts. Yeah. Now, I already know your website follows a very structured MSRP, which yep. it should. Yep. You know, and you know what? All these other sites that decide to whore their shit out. Yep. <sighs> You know what? Shame on, shame on you. Well, shame, shame on, on shame on you a hundred percent. And yep. two, you know what? As a consumer, you need to be educated inside of this. Life is not a swap meet. No, it's definitely not. It's not always negotiable. Sometimes it's what it is. Yep. If you can't afford it, then maybe you need to take the fucking time to save it. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, and, and like for us, we even are offer like a payment plan, like yeah. split up, like under, uh, a thousand, up to a thousand dollars, you can split up into four payments. Yeah, you know. So if you know, because I mean, two fifty, two fifty, two fifty. Yeah, I know how it is. Trust me. When you know, like I like to spend money. I like to. I want that shit now. But like, but, I get it. But there's a difference between my bike is completely fucked off yep. and I need this to make it right. There's that. But uh -huh. do not put your wants over your needs. First off, and second. The guy that's going to install that shit needs to sell that shit to oh, yeah. you yeah. because yeah, I don't care if you're from, you know, this side of the country to New York, Midwestern different, just support that dealer. Yeah. That's all I'm asking anyone in this country is, is in the motorcycle industry, support that man. Yeah. He purchased it, whether from Steve at Speed Kings or Drag Specialties or, you know, whoever, oh. wherever that man's buying from, support that man because that man doesn't just need your labor. He needs your parts. Yeah. Also, it's all a little bit on top of the cake. And, and then the other side of it is he's installing the part that you bought from some cheap ass website from God knows where yep. that decided to whore his shit out. He will not warranty it for you. Oh. He's going to make you do all that work. So yep. you go out and buy that part. It breaks. And then what? Are you going to call that guy that didn't make a dime on it and yeah. ask him to do something for you? Yep. That's dog shit. Yep. So now that cheaper thing 
costs you now hours. Yeah. Costs you money. Now, if you bought it from that local shop, guess what he might do? He might turn around and eat his labor yep. to help you out. Yep. But now, nope. That little cheap ass 10%, 20% you got off cost you a lot more yeah. than the savings you got in the beginning if that part broke. Happens all the time. It does. So just understand something, ladies and gentlemen. It's not about what you pay for it. It's what you got for your money. Yep. There's something to be said inside of that. So always, always, always support the man that's doing your work. Yep. So go to him, purchase from him, let him order your stuff. Do not take him parts because 90% of everyone that is going to listen to this has probably purchased something from someone else, eBay, Amazon, whether, where, wherever it was, yep. whatever it was. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, spout out names, but needless to say, you purchased from somebody. Yep. Tell me how easy it was to get it warrantied. Yeah. I know that if I, you bought it from me, that shit is warrantied. Yep. Because I will bust my ass to make sure it got warrantied. If you brought it and got it installed, I don't give two shits how you get it warrantied. Yeah. I will install it for you. Yeah. And I'm not going to fuck it up. I'm not going to do anything wrong to you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to install it. Yeah. But if there is a problem, maybe, maybe not. I will not go to bat for you. Yeah. Well, it's just more time now. And well, why should you ask the man? No. Right. You know, it's no different than when a man, you know, calls you and goes, is that the best you can do? Yeah. Well, my thing is, as well, is that the best you can do for your wage? Yeah. When you go to work, will you do it cheaper today? No. You know, your wage is $18 an hour. Is that the best you can really do today? Oh, yeah. I think you could do it for 16. I think you really could. So don't ever ask your local shop. Or don't ever ask for a discount, plain and simple, unless well, just, there's a discount running. Yeah, like just, it's what it uh, is. It is what it is. Support your local shit. Yeah. So you know what? If you really, really, really want these people to coexist for the rest of your life. Yeah. Doing what we do. You need to piss, don't you? Yeah, I need to piss. Let's piss. We're going to pee. We're going to do it though. All right. We have, we're back from our pee break. So in the closure of my little rant about suppose, you know, yes. And that. <laughs> Supporting your local shops, ladies and gentlemen, is of uber importance. And supporting where you purchase your parts from is even is equally important. Yeah. So whether you're buying your parts from Speed Kings, whether you're purchasing your parts from your local shop, yep. support those individuals that support you. Yep. And they will always support you. I think, again, Instagram, everything like social media saturates things so much that people don't realize how small the motorcycle industry is. You know what I mean? Um, well, so it's, it's an uber small environment. Oh, it's tiny. It's, it's a little baby. It, it is. Know? It is. And, and I experienced that because I got into the like the uh, car industry last year. Like, yeah. 
from doing C10 stuff, you know? Yeah. And realized how huge that scene was. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I would have realized that uh, because I haven't been in vehicles or cars since, excuse me, Instagram or social media was created. Yeah. So, um, but by not supporting your local dealer and making sure your local dealer is carrying speaking's products. Um, shameless plug. Yes. Uh, but you know, it, it does, it does. That is true though. You know, that those, these companies, I mean, all, all of us, we as a, as a business wouldn't be able to do what we do without the people that support us. You know, I tell people they're like, Oh, thank you so much. You know, in our DMS and stuff, I'm like, no, you don't realize. Thank you. Yeah. Without you purchasing this one item or this 10 items or this, you know, coming back for your 15th order, 20th order, we wouldn't be able to do with what we do without your help. Yeah. You know, and I try to express that as much as I can through Instagram and, and like, you know, my, my stories and thanking everybody and like, you know, but the reality is what I do on a daily basis, it would not be, um, you know, available for me without the support everybody from Instagram and all of our customer base, Yeah, you know, and, and it's, and I a hundred percent appreciate because I don't want to go back to my old job, you know? Well, and, and, and you're a hundred percent right. And, you know, I mean, I think that, you know, you take a, an individual and I've been that guy, you know, that had a normal job, yep. worked it every day and then went home and did what I did and da, 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 da. I personally cannot and will not purchase from Amazon yep. on anything. I don't care what it is. Um, I don't have their app on my phone. I um, really refuse to it because it really goes against my core values of what supporting local businesses means. Yeah, You know, our country was built on small business and some of those small businesses did grow to a huge entity like Ford. Well, Ford, Chevrolet, Dodge, you know, all of them, um, but they also started as a big entity also, you know, in what they do. Yeah. But you know, you take yourself, you, you know, let's talk about you for a second, you know, speed Kings, it started from nothing, nothing, and it's building today and building tomorrow and continually building. Yep. And without the support of the people purchasing from you, you cannot maintain your wages to the people that work for you. Nope. You cannot maintain giving the service that you give to people. Yep. And that is a value that people take for granted in the sense that, oh, well, you know, your price is too high. I'm going to go go somewhere else. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. So they leave and they go and purchase from someone else. Well, but at the end of the day, though, I know for a fact that you would go to bat for them if there was a problem. Yep. You know, like it's installed properly by their local shop. You've talked to their local shop. You know that it was installed properly. Like there's not an install issue. That's out of the equation. Yeah. Now we just have a problem. Yep. I only purchase from companies that support me in the sense that they stand behind their product. You know, so let's say that I buy a riser from you. And the threads pull out of that riser. Let's just say that happens. Yeah. 
I know definitively that if I called you and told you this, you're like the next one's in the mail right now. We want this fixed. That's yep. it. Yep. Or you can try to go through the loopholes of eBay, the loopholes of Amazon, and they're going to try to get out of fixing that for you. But if you bought it from you, you're going to turn around and say, well, there isn't a problem, but I've got a new one in the mail to yeah, you. Exactly. Can you do me a favor and ship the new one back? Yeah. Like, you know, or the, excuse me, the old one back, the, yep. the failed component. Like I need to know what happened. Yeah, exactly. I just want to see what happened to this component. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's all I'm asking you to do is just ship it back. That's, that's the only cost you got. Because we care. Yeah. And yeah. most times if something happens with us, we'll pay for the shipping back. Yeah. You know, so that being said, that's a company that you need to stand behind and because they support you. Yep. So, you know, I, I guess the way I look at it is, and, and I go through this multiple times over and over again with different individuals and I've got to the point now where, yeah, you bring your parts, we'll install them. But if there's a problem, I'm not going to take energy or time to help you. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and waste my time because time is money to the, at the end of the day, like for everyone, you know, you go to a job and yep. you put your time in, they pay you. Yep. Well, most people take that for granted because it just figures it's free time. They paid me. I'm on the clock. I'm getting paid regardless. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. There's so much fucking more into that, that it's insane. So that being said, please, please support your local shops. I don't care if it's me. I don't care who it is. Yeah. I really don't care. Just support whoever you're doing business with support them. Yeah. That's all the, I guess that's what I'm trying to invey. Yeah. No, that's a good message for sure. I mean, if, uh, you know, we don't do that, there's not going to be any more local shops to support. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't care if it's me or let's just say cafe, you know, support them. Yeah. You want to have these people do your work, which is great. Yep. They're more than qualified to do what you're doing. Yeah. Cafe's a great dude. Yeah. I mean, he is. I mean, I, I've met him a few times. I, I The funny thing is, is the first time I ever met him, believe it or not, we were at a, um, drag specialties, free motocross yep. ticket deal. Oh, we were yeah. in Las Vegas. He was there with his kids. I was there with my wife and my kids were Hell watching, yeah. you know, all this stuff. And his, I got to talking with him. His wild ass kids. Yeah. And my <laughs> wild ass kids too, yeah. to be honest with you, you know, and we're just have, you know, everybody's running amok. Yeah. You know, and then, and you know, what was funny was randomly this year in Glamis, he comes pulling up behind my toy hauler and his dirt bike dies. And, but they pulled up to this uh kitty track that was behind us and my kids are riding on it. His kids start riding on it. He's on a dirt bike, you know, da, 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 da. We have, he has a helmet on and he looks at me and he goes, I know you. And I'm like, okay, well you have a helmet on. So I really don't know who the fuck you are. <laughs> and then, and, then and he goes, well, I'm cafe. And I'm like, oh, well, I only know one fucking cafe. Oh, yeah, so yeah. there you go. 
And, and so, yeah, I mean, the guy is rad as shit. He I is, mean, he really yeah, is. no, he's a good dude. He's got a good heart. You 100%. know, he just, he just wants to support whatever he does. Yep. And so, like I said, if you're going to go to him, support him. Yep. It's more, you know, we need, it, most shops need more than just labor. You know, they need purchasing uh, yep. from parts and they need the whole, the whole gamma of all of it to make it worthwhile. The problem is, is that most people's perceptions of giving you $20,000 thinks they gave you $20,000. Yeah. They don't realize that you made three grand off of that 30 or $20,000. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, they don't get that. That's what I, that's what I, why I touched on like discounts. If I give you a discount, I'm not getting it. The, the, the distributor is not giving me a discount. The, yeah. you know, the manufacturer is not giving me a discount. Yeah. I'm still paying what I have to pay. And now I just make less money personally. Yeah. So that means I have to sell even more to pay my bills. Yeah. And you know what? Why is it okay that people ask you for a fucking discount? I don't you know even what? respond to those people. You know, like if I call a company and they tell me the price, either A, I can afford it or B, I can't. And you knew that going into it. Like, you know, you tell me, hey, this part is $500. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, then I need to save a little bit more to do it or B, I can do it or, or whatever, whatever your financial situation is. Yeah. It's really immaterial. It's just whatever your situation is, you know, but there's so many things that are going on right now in the world that you look at LED lights. Yeah. I mean, taillights, for instance, you know, I had a guy bring me a 29 fucking dollar taillight. Yep. It looked like a fucking four-year-old put it together. Um, probably in China. All that, of them. All of them. All you know, and, 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 and needless to say, though, I have to say that most of our shit does come from China, unfortunately, yep. to a certain degree. Um, but there's levels of how you purchase things from China. You can, China, you can purchase things from China that is cheap as fuck. That has no quality to it. Yep. It's a pile of shit. Or you pay USA grade China rates, and it's not that far from what we would have charged yeah. in the United States. Yeah. So it comes down to the quality of what you're getting. So don't look at what you're spending. Look at what you got for your money. Yeah. It seems like people don't care about it as much, though. No, they only look at dollar amounts and, and I don't really know where that changed. I mean, yeah. I, I understand that that's an uphill battle and it's probably a battle that will never fucking win. But at the end of the day though, I refuse to fucking discount myself because oh, yeah. in my opinion, I'm fucking worth it. Oh yeah, exactly. That's, that's the way I feel about what we do. Yeah. If people want to disc, like try to discount us, I'll be like, no, I'm good. You can go to somebody else. I, I don't care. Yeah, you know. and, and I'm right there with you because, you know, I've had people literally, I had a guy this week, actually, in fact, text me at five, I want to say he texted me at 5.52. Oh, that's specific? Yeah. I'm, I remember it very vividly because it upset me. 
I had not gotten back to him. AM or PM? PM. Oh, okay. And I did not get back to him on. And I didn't get back to him in a, I obviously his timely fashion. Yep. So he texts me back this. I was trying to give you business for your friend or excuse me. I'm trying to give business to you for my friend, but obviously you don't want it. Goodbye. And I turn around and I say, I'm sorry. I haven't gotten back to you yet. But understand something. We're insanely busy. I'm, I'm still working. We're all working here. And this was at nine o'clock or excuse me, 10, 10 the next day. And I'm thinking to myself, are you shitting me? We haven't even been 24 hours yet. And you haven't gotten fucking a call back yet. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh yeah. Do you not remember the times when you would leave a fucking voicemail and then you'd wait a day or two and then you got a call back or not receive anything. No, like (laughs) you would get something back, but you know, like it's like calling a buddy, right? Yep. You remember back in the day before fucking cell phones, cause they're the fucking devil. Okay. Before cell phones, before the internet, before all the dog shit, you, you left a message on the man's cell phone yep. or excuse me on the man's voicemail. Yep. And you just Waited. went about your day and then all of a sudden, boom, you got a call back. Hey bud, sorry, I missed your call. And all of a sudden you're grabbing the phone. Hey man, what's going on? Da 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 da. Yep. That's how you, it was like sending a fucking note on a sparrow basically. Oh Yeah. And people had patience then. People had understandings. Like, they knew it was okay. It's it's gone. Oh, it's fucking way gone. I mean, yeah. everybody needs instant gratification for what? I don't know. For what, dude? Like, I mean, Jesus Christ, are you sitting there? Do you need to go see Dr. Phil because you can't fucking handle the time? Maybe. How about you give a motherfucker a break? 100%. You know, like... Within 24 hours, if you haven't gotten a confirmation or a response or indifferent, you know, my usual response on anybody that's been over six hours, I literally go, sorry for a late response. Yeah. Been doing X, Y, Z. What can I do for you? Maybe at six hours, you just could be like, your text is in, um, in queue number and just make up a number. So they'll feel like they had an automatic response. I shit you not. The other day, dude, I had 105 phone calls, 34 text messages on my phone. Well, that's why I was with you on Saturday. And and I'm, what's that? Oh, when you were with me on Saturday? I was with you on Saturday and your phone just kept ringing and ringing and ringing. (laughs) And I'm like, don't you have a business phone? You're like, no, I like it on my phone. And I was like, get a second phone, man. Well, I'm getting ready to get. No, I, I haven't got one phone call. It's so amazing. Um, let me see here. You, oh, you've got multiple. I've seen it. Oh yeah, um, thirty-four text messages and sixteen voicemails since you've been here. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't want that. Well, you don't work in the service industry like I do. I no, I have a I have a shop phone. No, no, you have. You sell parts. My point is, is in the service, it, 
I don't want to say that one's different I from the, the other. Parts American can buy. Fucking right, you do. <laughs> but at the end of the day, though, when you work in the service industry the way I do, and people are looking for um, that gratification answer. Well, you work for yourself in the service industry, so it's, it makes it yeah. even more challenging. You want to make sure that those per- people are provided for. They have yeah. that sense of I'm here. I got you. Like I'm, I'm with you. I'm gonna help you. Like all that, and that goes to say that goes with what you're saying, though. Mm-hmm. Like those same people that you service and that have you've serviced for years, probably, you still have to have that instant gratification to those people, and you call it like it may say they're friends now, yeah. but it's the point. Like you know, they still fall under that umbrella. Like hey, hey, uh, it coughed. Uh, you know, and you need to respond as soon as you can. I've I've had people, dude, literally buy stuff from whoever and they can't figure it out. Yeah. And so they're asking me to tell them how to do it. Yeah. Right. And I've come to the realization that I'm like, well, do you want me to charge you like a lawyer? Yeah. Like, what I'll do you, I'll be like, a retainer like, for you. Like, what are you, what are you looking for here? Well, I need your help. Okay. Your my help is me doing the job and you paying the bill. I'm not a G. I didn't sell you the part. Like, what do you want? And then all of a sudden, I'm the dick. Oh, we get that too. And and I'm thinking to myself, well, <laughs> okay. Huh? So you didn't purchase a part from us. You're asking us to do X Y Z, and then we're the bad guy because of what? And then you have the power of social media to go out there and fuck us off yeah, because of that. Uh-huh. And so I already understand this power of social media. So now I bust my ass to answer your fucking questions. So you don't shit bag me yep. because I know how detrimental it is, but inside of that, I'm trying to educate you on that side of it. You know, so now when they ask me, I go, what's your instructions say? Well, I didn't get any. Well, that's fucking convenient. All right. So what's their website say? Yeah. Well, I haven't gone there yet. And I said, well, I suggest you do call me back after that's over with. (laughs) So you're putting them in the steps of what they need to be doing anyways. Yeah. And then I get another call back. I can't find any tech installs on that. And I'm like, all right, well, give me a video of what the fuck you have. They'll tell me. And I go, well, you need to do, 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 do. Oh, I don't know how to do that. Well, then you need to pay a dude to do it. Yeah. And what, well, can you do it? Can, can I drop it off tonight? And it's nine fucking o'clock. Yeah. No, no, you can't fucking, is Harley open right now? Well, no, the motherfucker's got to wait. And if they were open, well, they can do it right now. And then not only that, it's atrocious to me that the idea that, you know, their problem is your problem. Yeah. I had a guy call me today that pulled his bike out of another shop Uh and he needs it done. And then not only that, he does multiple bikes and it does whatever. So now he's asking me for a discount and I've never done anything for him. And I'm thinking, what kind of balls this motherfucker got? Well, yeah. So I'm talking to him and I go, listen, dude, the best I got for you is three weeks from now. Like, 
legitimately, if I take it on right now, I'm only fucking off the guys that have already paid to be where they're at right now. Yeah. And that's not right to them. Oh. So, I mean, that's a fucked move. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's one thing if you're building like this big blown out project and you take other projects to do it while you're doing it. Yeah. That's, that's understandable because if you're doing a huge project, right? Yeah. You gotta have other fillers. Well, you have to have fillers. And the only reason you have to have fillers is because do you really want to charge the guy oh, for yeah. the time you're waiting for that other shit? Because yeah. I've had that conversation with people yep. when we're doing full builds and they're like, well, I've spent this. Well, no, you bought parts. Yeah. Your labor was this. This is what you're spending, and you haven't fucking spent a dime on that yet. Yeah. So understand something. You bought a lot of parts. That's yeah. fine. That's great. Whatever. But your 20 grand in parts was maybe three or four grand to me. Yeah. So where are we at with that? Yeah. You know, don't take your big dollar amount and think it was all in my pocket, right? Yeah. Or yours, yeah. for that matter. I mean, when, when I call you and I order fucking 20 grand worth of shit, you made two or three, four grand off of that, yep. and that's it. I mean, that was your profit margin. So if you're going to call me, go, I gave you four grand. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. But I still paid these fucking people, and I'm waiting for the shit to get here. Yeah. But they don't understand that. They they legitimately think that you took all that money and it was yours. How yeah. fucking weird is that? I wish it was. I would leave. Mm. Well, not on 20 grand. Any worth leaving on that. No, but on all of it for the year. Exactly, though. Exactly right. I mean, you think about it. Like, if you do a million dollars. I'm good. You know, no, you did a million dollars in revenue yeah, I'm good. and, and you're yeah. like, okay, sweet. That's great. You know, whatever. But you only made maybe 40, 30, 40 grand on that million dollars yeah. on a good day. Yeah. Okay. With no discounts, no bullshit. Now tell me a motherfucker that lives on 30, 40 grand for the year. Nobody. <laughs> Fuck no. I'll section, section eight myself. <laughs> Well, you'd be closing up shop. Yeah. And they got to find some other fucking person. That, that from. is the re actual reality of it all. You know, people don't quite realize that, you know, they have no fucking idea. They have no idea. And that's why we do what we do. And then, you know, the consumer is the consumer, you know, it's a hard fucking business. It's a hard work still like, you know, and you know what really trips me out, dude, to be honest with you, really fucking gets my goat. Why is it? the guy you do give a discount to is the biggest pain in the ass always. And the motherfucker that pays his full pop is the raddest dude on the yeah, planet. Never hear from him. Like he's just like, I paid it. It's on its way. That's it. Yeah. And the guy you gave 20% to 10% against your fucking better judgment. Yep. And you did it because you're just trying to shut him the fuck up. And then all of a sudden, two days later, where's my shit at? Yep. Ain't here yet. It's on its way. Well, when's it going to be here? I'll work on tracking. Yep. And after the four fucking phone call, you're like, listen, dude, this wasn't worth the discount. You need to stop. Yeah. I'll cancel this sale. You know what? How about I just give you the money back? I'm done. You know, I mean, 
that shit does not compute to me. Well, what I had recently, what do we have? We had a, um, we had, I guess it's been like two months or so. We had a customer service, uh, issue. We'll call it right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, using the, I'm using the bunny ears. Yeah. Customer service issue. Um, I don't remember what it was, but it was something around the sense of like, you know, COVID-19 things were delayed, you know, and, and the guy unfortunately ordered something and, um, you know, we were, you know, we answer the phones, we answer emails, you know, all that kind of stuff, Yeah. which in reality is customer service, right? We're, yeah. we're tentative to his needs. We answer in timely matter. Um, I think it was something along the line. He ordered something that, that didn't fit his bike yep. on him. Clearly stated it didn't fit his bike. Um, he went ahead and opened it and installed it. Clearly stating it didn't fit his bike. And after that, we don't return it because now it's a used product. Sure. Right? We can't, we're not Walmart. What the fuck you want me to do with that? So left us a bad review saying that our customer service sucked and all this stuff. And I'm looking through all the customer service portions of it where emails were answered, phone calls were answered and all of that. And it was all within, you know, an hour, like time. So timely manners, right? Nothing like 15 days later, we're like, well, what do you got? Like, you know, we, like, we did not lie to you and yeah. say it would work. So re, in the reality of it, the customer service was on point, but you ordered something that was not fitted for your bike, clearly stated then when you ordered it and didn't fit, you got mad. And because you didn't get the results that you wanted, our customer service sucks. That doesn't make any sense though. So the one thing about that side, you know, if he called you and said, Hey man, I made a mistake. I ordered this. I tried to install it. Shit. I didn't realize it wasn't going to fit. I didn't see the fine print. Can you help me out? And you, as an individual, probably would have at that moment in time took his demeanor and said, you know what? I tell you what. I have to do a restocking fee on this one. And here's the only reason why I have to figure out where I'm going to find a home for a used product. Yep. So, you know what? Give me 20% restocking fee. I will get you the component at a discounted rate. I will make this right to you. It'll all work out in the end, but I just work with me. Yeah. And that shit bag decided that that wasn't good enough. Yep. And he probably didn't even make the fucking phone call. He didn't. He just took it upon himself that you're a bad guy because the motherfucker don't know how to read. Yep. Emails start yelling. And you know, there comes the whole keyboard warrior. Oh yeah. You know, aspect of it all. And there's, you know, at the end of the day, everyone needs or deserves or has the respect of having a conversation with a man about maybe the possibility you made a mistake. Yeah. You know, so there's a sense of accountability. Yeah. If you ordered something and did it on your own, you ordered it. There's nothing on there that states it's going to fit the bike that you did. Yep. But you did it anyways. Yep. And now I'm a bad guy. That's dog shit. Yeah. You know, um, how many times have you made a mistake, my friend? Yeah. 
you know, and are you going to turn around and look at me and go, Hey, I drank too many beers tonight and it's your fucking fault. It is your fault. Oh no, it's not. Oh. It's our fault. Oh yeah. It's our fault. It's our fault. So yeah. bottom line is, is that that's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, accountability, no one ever fucking wants it. You know what I I mean, if I did wrong, I fucking did wrong. I'll own it. I'll run with it. I'll rock it. I will fucking go to hell and back. And you know what? And I have customers that will testimony to this. I have a guy that, you know, I worked at a different place when I built his engine. His engine failed. By component base, not by install base. That engine, that, that, and so then now I'm working for myself. That business decides to throw him on me instead of taking ownership of that. Because I did it while I worked there for yep. them. Yep. I didn't make any extra money than my hourly wage. Yeah. And then he calls me and he goes, hey, Josh, I need help. And I'm like, okay, so what do you got? And he goes, I don't know, but things make a noise. And I said, you know what, dude, get it over here and let's figure it out. I'm not telling him he did wrong. I didn't do anything, but just get it here. Let's, I I can't fucking assess this until I have it in front of me. Yeah. We told it apart. And I said, well, this part failed. I already know that company will give us free parts on that part. Unfortunately, the other shit that it's kind of hurt, they're going to be on the fence with. Um, So I tell you what. I believe in my product. I believe in what I do. I'll eat the labor if you'll buy the parts. Are you good with that? The man looked at me and he goes, fucking most definitely. Yeah. I'm like, sweet. So let's do this. And so he gives me the money for the parts. We fix the thing. He's still riding today. Yeah. And he's brought me countless customers over it. I had another guy, you know, year or two ago. Um, we had some crank pin issues from SNS, you know, SNS had some crank pin issues, da, 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 da. John on this engine, the, this engine I built was a 117 for a gentleman and John from dark horse built the crank. And at that time he was using SS crank pins. John rebuilt the crank for free. So the man didn't have a charge in parts. I did the labor for free and the little other little bullshit the man paid for. And he looked at me and he goes, you know what, man, this is rad. Like you stood up behind what you do. I have nothing else but say, but props. Sometimes what's fair is fair. Well, a hundred percent. I mean, you know what? You can't take all of it on yourself, but you can help a dude out. Oh, a hundred percent. You know? and, And so at the end of the day, do what's right. Never, ever, ever go into a conversation with a customer that they're wrong at the, at the gate. It's only going to go bad. Yeah. You got to get it there. You got to figure out what the fuck's going on before you just start accusing. Oh yeah. You know, so the way I look at it is, you know, people always ask me what my warranty is, right? What's my warranty on engines? Well, I don't have one. You know what I have? I have integrity. Yeah. If you call me, and I look at my sheet and I know that you got 3,000 miles. I don't give a fuck if it's 15 years. And you call me and I look at your odometer and it's 3,000 miles and there's a problem. I'm fucking fixing it. Yeah. 
there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah. Like that's the way I work. Oh, I yeah. don't I don't put time on it. I don't do this. I don't pull that fucking dog shit card on it. How many people how many how many times have you been fucked on a warranty that you thought was existing and all of a sudden you fell out of the parameters? Oh, I've been fucked. Of that warranty. Yeah. You know what? No. Now, if you come to me with fucking 50,000 miles of hard ass, fuck you, I'm beating you to the ground miles. Oh, yeah. Well, fuck, dude. What yeah. do you really, really want What do you really? You can only do so much as a person. <laughs> but if you show up and it's legitimate and, and this needs to happen, then it's fucking happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. You know, I fuck it up. Guess I'm selling my truck. You make your bike right. You know, like that's the way I look at it. And there you go, right there. Hundred percent. So if you need motor work, you need to go to RPM Moto. And if you need parts, you go to Steve King or Speed Kings. Steve Steve King Speed. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, I think this is the end of it. I just want to say I appreciate you coming out here. You know, uh, coming on. I had a good time talking with you. Where can people follow you at? So I am a bit of a hard one to find because I don't advertise a lot, but you can find me an RPM moto on Instagram at RPM moto at RPM moto. We do have a Facebook, but I don't really know what it looks like because I don't control it. Nope. And, um, but it is linked to the same. I'm just not in the age bracket to understand Facebook. So I understand <laughs> Instagram. And, um, but that's where I'm at. And, um, you know what, Steve, thank you for having me tonight. Yeah, for sure. It was fucking rad. First of many. Oh, we'll do more of these oh, for sure. More of these. The good thing about me is I'm mobile. Oh, you're going to come to my shop now. That's what I'm saying. Oh, snap. I'm staying the night this time though. I'm not going to oh, drive home. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. I'll give you a bed. I'll just bring the motorhome out. I'll give you a bed. I got a motorhome. Well, you can do your motorhome. Same you same. can do whatever you want to do. We'll bring everybody. Why do you have to yell at me? I will smoke something. And we're so going to make meat. <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you very much. I love you. Thank you. Love you too. This episode of Shooting the Shit with Speed Kings is fueled by 11 Bravo Coffee, a veteran-owned mobile coffee shop where a dollar for every pound brewed or sold is donated to veteran organizations. 11 Bravo Coffee Company supports many community and motorcycle events, and if you'd like to learn more about 11 Bravo Coffee Company or book them for your event, head over to 11bcc.com or visit them on Instagram and Facebook at 11 Bravo Coffee Co., we love their coffee, man. They come to a lot of events with us and set up, and we're lucky to have their cold brew on tap here at the shop. So go ahead and check them out. Yeah.